dream team. Adam, Bobby, Josh, you got the news feed. It's the big three. It's the dream team. Big three IDP. Let's go. What's up, you diehards, you degenerates, you lovers of defensive football? This is Josh Raymer, and we are back with another episode of the Big Three IDP Podcast. And I'm joined in the virtual Soad Shack tonight by a whole host of heroes. We got Adam Markham, Bobby Reynolds, and joining us once again, gentlemen, we didn't scare him off. It's Kyle Borgannoni. Kyle, how are you, man? You know, I'm uh, I'm hanging in there after my first IDP draft. I'm alive. I'm well, and I can say that it was actually fun. I was going to say, we are going to get into the IDP draft. You know, we did that episode, I think, back in like February, making the case for IDP. You said you would join. We would have totally understood if you told us to get lost when we came back asking if you wanted to be in the league. But you are a man of your word, and we appreciate that. So you are now in the listener league with all of us. You had your first IDP draft. You not only survived, man, you thrived. And we're going to get into your roster tonight and look at it and break down some of the moves and uh, see how you did. But before we get into all that good stuff, Kyborg, you had some big news drop here recently out of the fantasy footballers orbit. Hit us with the update in Kyborg land. It's uh, it's exciting in the sense of, uh, yeah, the fantasy footballers DFS podcast has been around the last couple of years. If you've listened in the past, Mike Wright hosted it the first year. And uh, really, they were trying to think of this year what we could do to rebrand it to make it feel like it's more like footballers. Since Mike has been away, it's just kind of straight a little bit from that classic, you know, footballers. We're all about entertainment. We're all about being accurate um, and being fun. And so, yeah, we've had some conversations just from Andy, Mike and Jason about what it could look like. And my name came up in the sense of I love our brand. I love what we're about. And for me, it's I just want to feel like a DFS space can connect with people that um, are just figuring out for the first time. I feel like with DFS, you get in the weeds really quickly. And, you know, there's all these different companies out there that are getting you to be on their subscription. And, and that's awesome. There's some awesome people in that space. But for us, uh, we want it to be fun. We want it to be something that people can jump in. And so I threw out Matthew Betts, our injury expert, as the other person I'd love to have on the show. And it just kind of clicked for both of us to kind of try this out and to see uh, is this something where we could have some chemistry and just having Mike, uh, Jason and Andy, just kind of their blessing of saying like, you totally get what we're about. And um, I don't know, just for me, just how we run the show, I'm not trying to copy and paste, you know, I'm not trying to do the same thing, but I am trying to bring listeners in who normally listen to that show. And it does help in the podcast space to walk into a show that already has thousands of listeners Um, so, uh, I'm excited to do that. We're going to record once a week and then our DFS pass, um, when the season starts, I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm going to be doing four articles a week, uh, I know. So a lot of it I've been doing already, uh, looking at the show docs for the guys. Like, you know, I I look at wide receiver and cornerback matchups every single week for us. And so I have that data and I, I put a lot of that in our show doc. So why not just turn that into an article that, uh, that I can do, we're going to do some first looks some pricing and, and whatnot. So I think where our expertise is, is just making it clear and making it simple for the people. Uh, we, we like to say it's DFS for the rest of us. So I'm excited. And 
hopefully I have some pod chops I can uh, can throw out there soon. Nice. Mm. Yeah, I was curious the process too. I mean, it makes total sense. I was talking to someone else about this today and it made so much sense from the fantasy footballers perspective of let's bring these guys that we have in house. Let's bring them into the fold because unlike people who are outside of the fantasy footballers world and the company itself, you all understand it. You are inside the machine every day. You know what it's all about. Nobody gets it more than, you know, those that are on the inside. And so it just made total sense for you and bets to be the guys to jump in there. I'm curious, did you all do any kind of like practice runs? Did you do any type of like pilot episodes, anything like that behind the scenes? You know, I think of myself as like a, I was a draft pick, you know, by the ballers and, and they've just kind of like hid me away, you know, triple a, for a while. And so getting the call up to the big leagues, uh, <laughs> um, I, I might be rusty at first. So yeah, we've done a couple of runs um, and just, we've talked off air bets got married this past week. And so he's been a little busy, but yeah, we've done some just off air, just talking best ball, just talking football. And I think that's what you guys do best too. It's just like, I want to talk football with my friends and just having that outside of just our, our Slack channel and our, and our show docs. Like I, I've gotten to do that for a while and now I just get to turn on the mic and, and talk about that each week for DFS. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Addy, I was going to say though, this, this uh, kind of ruffled some feathers with you a little bit here. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, you got some competition, uh, Kyle. I plan on doing my own DFS pod. <laughs> I know. As soon as he heard this, that was the yeah. first thing he yelled into our Slack channel was uh, got some competition well, now. It was it was funny because I think actually Kyle told us in our sleeper chat that he was doing a pod. And I joked that, what, what are you going to do, an IDP pod? <laughs> you know, but then he was like, no, I'm doing DFS. And I was like, well, I'm doing one of those as well. So there you go. So maybe uh, a friendly rivalry will develop here between the DFS pods. Mm -hmm. Kyle, do you feel like maybe that uh, the FF ballers, you know, took the leap on you because of your appearance on our our pod? That's what I was thinking. Hey, Mm -hmm. maybe they saw the tape and they're like, this guy's got skills. (laughs) Yeah, they said something like, man, those other three guys, those are good looking dudes. And Mm -hmm. they kind of just elevated me. Sure. Um, to mm-hmm. to this position, so yeah, you guys should take credit, um, <laughs> in whatever way you want. Yeah, that's what I was going for. Yeah, you knew Adam was going to sneak in there. Dead to us, yeah. brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you picked the wrong three idiots to jump into bed with. Um, you're instantly going to regret this. But we're excited for you, man. We're all subscribed. We're really pumped up to uh, to listen and kind of follow along on the DFS journey that you guys are going to be going on this season. Should be a lot of fun. Um, I know you guys just dropped the first episode. Is the second one coming? Uh, maybe coming weeks or what's the uh, what's the schedule yeah it'll be next week once bets gets back from i guess his honeymoon Jeez. yeah whatever come on bets i wish he would have recorded i wish he would have brought just kind of that remote but whatever um yeah we'll we'll start back this next week and we'll start doing some dfs strategy pieces um i'm currently in the middle of this research project i looked at every single millie maker lineup um, the winning lineup from last year, and I've kind of got some statistics. So we're going to break down just how you construct a, a, a million dollar lineup. No big deal, right? Yeah, no big deal at all. I think it'd be great if you would just slide in like little comments to bets like, you know, who wouldn't have missed recording on his honeymoon? Adam. <laughs> <laughs> know who would have yelled a little more that episode? Adam. Is that is that his real last name? 
bets. That seems a little, I don't know, a little too on the nose right there. <laughs> it, it, it's forced. It's probably forced. Uh-huh. Yeah. He definitely went and changed it. Yeah. Yeah. My co-host, his name is uh, Sharky Shark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> his initials are DFS. Uh, yeah. So, well, we're excited, man. We just wanted to touch on that right off the top. You're joining us in the podcast ranks, which is a lot of fun. I know we talked last time. You actually had a pod at one point like years ago, right? So this isn't like totally new territory for you yeah i used to do stuff with fantasy pros back in the day i did a lot of baseball previews uh, and football with them as well but the one that actually that i enjoyed the most and i think you guys did as well is just your home league so my home league podcast i did that for about three or four years and uh, man i would just i put in hours and hours and hours each week of tracking down everybody in my league interviewing people our, you know, intro music, uh, you know, all that stuff. So um, I'm still going to try to do that for this upcoming season. I'm just trying to figure out a different format. But yeah, I still that's still my favorite format, if I'm honest. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the best. You, that's when you can be your like most wildest. You know? Yeah, exactly. You, you can air stuff out. <laughs> you can be petty. Yeah, it's the best because you're like, oh, only 12 people are going to listen. But th- I think we talked about this last time you were on. Then you have like 48 people listening and you're like, who are these weirdos that are listening to my fantasy leagues podcast? This is so bizarre. I did not know people in Greenland liked this random league. <laughs> yeah, it was always Sweden for us. That's how we close every episode. Good night, Sweden. Big, big with big with the swedes huh absolutely so all right man let's get to the main course here of well the main course is the nfc south preview we're going to talk about all of the nfc south teams including your beloved atlanta falcons but before we get to that the people want to know kyle how did you enjoy your first idp draft anytime you get a draft it's awesome um but for me Going in thinking, I felt like I was somebody who didn't understand anything about late round quarterback. Like that's the only way I could like describe this. If I went into a normal draft and I was, you know, drafting quarterback in the third round or something, that's kind of like Adam did, right? Or Bobby? Bobby. Bobby. Second round, Patrick Mahomes. Thank you. (laughs) Yep. Sure. There you go. Sorry. Leagues are (laughs) mixing together here. That's right. (laughs) No, I mean, I just went in feeling like I feel weak. Um, I know what I'm going to do with my offensive players. And, you know, you do a little looking around, just looking at other teams like, okay, this guy's taking a defensive lineman here. Do I need to do this? (laughs) And so I I questioned myself a bunch, but I feel pretty good about the offense that I – um, that I got. And then even some of my favorite late round receivers, um, having a, having a lot of bench spots also made me kind of, um, question a lot of decisions. Like, should I be stacking more defensive players, um, or just kind of even it out? Um, and I also just have no idea. I had no idea going in. How do I find out if somebody is like a sleeper or has high upside at a position? I think I, I think I worked through that towards the end of the draft. Um, that I started to get an idea of like, okay, this guy has a ton of snaps. He has a chance this year to, you know, to be a lot better than where he is in the rankings or whatnot. But um, yeah, I, I enjoyed getting a mix and match. I would just say my defensive players don't feel very sexy. Hey man, this is the year we've talked about it like ad nauseum. This is the year not to be sexy uh, because the consistent dudes are the ones that you want to chase. Just the safe, secure guys yeah, so he's uh, got uh, so Calais Campbell, Grady Jarrett, 
I mean, yeah, it's, that's not the sexiest pairing. That's uh, you 2020 got, is not a sexy year, you know? No. Yeah, it's Wrong. just a year just to hold on to what feels secure and feel safe. <laughs> but well, I do like Clay there. Uh, I mean, he was actually up there in pressures, like even though we, you know, he's what, uh, I think 46 now. Right. Mm. Calais Campbell is actually 56. <laughs> so even though he's up there, man, he was still like seriously top five in pressures. Honestly, you could almost swap out Kyle's bottom two D line as easy as you could his starters in Jeffrey Simmons and Grady Jarrett. I mean, I'd be fine starting those two guys. I know they're both yeah. D tackles, but I, I think we all expect Simmons to eat this year. And then Grady Jarrett, I mean, obviously with Kyle's Atlanta love, you know, what's not to love there with him. Yeah, I was going to try to share the the board here, but I got the message from StreamYard. This can cause your computer to crash. So we're just going to go down through the roster mm. and talk it out. So, uh, Kyle, you, you started off, uh, looks like the first, um, the first nine rounds you went offense. So let's break it down, kind of the offense, and then we'll get into some of your defensive picks here. Um, so you went with the AJ bros. We'll get to them. But first round, you went Julio Jones, then Kenyon Drake, James Conner. A.J. Brown, A.J. Green, Mark Ingram, uh, Ronald Jones, the hyped, the most hyped player on Twitter right now. We'll get to him. Uh, Darren Waller and your favorite player in the NFL, Marvin Jones Jr. So hit us with the analysis on the first nine rounds there. I feel really good if I'm in your seat with those guys on the offensive side of the ball. No, I, I really do have my two favorite players. Marvin Jones and Julio Jones are, are actually my two favorite players. It's just the way um, that it felt. I felt when I looked at my running backs um, that I have four guys that I feel super comfortable with. And so that was kind of my strategy is I want to um, take that away from the rest of the league. I want to have enough starters that people are are, are feeling the weight of that later. So um, if Ronald Jones actually is the guy, then I feel great getting him in what the eighth round. Um, um, I feel great about that. Um, yeah. I just, I just think with what I have in terms of my running backs, I like Kenyon Drake this year. It feels a little scary to say he's my RB one just in name alone, but in terms of production at the end of the year, he won me a dynasty league. Uh, I just, the whole team just was on his back this past year. So, um, don't mind that at all. I also like in this format, everybody waits on quarterbacks, but because our benches are so deep, I actually don't mind carrying two. And Josh Allen has an awesome beginning of the year and Drew Brees at home is kind of like an every, I'm going to start him every week. So I feel like I can piece together, you know, almost a top five quarterback just between those two quarterbacks alone. Yeah, I agree. We just joked that now you have to get the other Josh Allen on your team and all will be right with the world. I wanted that. I actually had him queued up and, you know, that's what happens in drafts like this is you get your players taken from you all the time. But uh, yeah, I wanted him. And, you know, I also um, who's the other defensive lineman that I have? Uh, oh, Jonathan Allen. So I was going to get all the Allen bros and all I have a Allen. lot of the Jones, the Jones bros. Where's Dion? I got bro. <laughs> yeah, I have the the AJs. I mean, I, I was going with I have Mark Ingram the second, Ronald Jones the second. So I was going for a true. theme draft. There were certain themes, yeah, that like is true. Last name similarities here. This is great. So let's let's hit the 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 first two IDP picks. This was you jumping in with both feet. No, no dipping the toe in the water here. You went Blake Martinez in the tenth, and then Leighton Vander Neck, as Bobby likes to say, Leighton Vander Esch mm-hmm. in the eleventh. So take us through. 
your first two picks, you went linebacker. What was your thinking on grabbing linebacker and those two guys in particular? What's funny is that I knew that Blake Martinez was kind of like a stud, like in terms of running backs. I also know in real life, he's actually not that good. Um, he just gets tackles and he stays on the field. And um, now that he's a giant, I just feel like he's going to get the same kind of opportunity. So he felt safe to be able to just plug in there. I know every week he's, he's going to get me that, you know, 10 to 15 points, maybe more, but like, he's just felt really safe to kind of anchor my team. And I slowly figured out that linebackers are deep, but he's one of those top ones. Um, So I felt good to just kind of build my team around those two guys. Um, And then just kind of take my shots later on at some of these (laughs) other players, especially um, DBs that I like, but like Keanu Neal has been hurt all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll talk more about him when we get into the preview. But, Addy, the LVE pick, I know that was one we talked about. Obviously, we know what LVE can be, right? But it's just the injury. Yeah. So it's it, that's a that's the case for everyone. We understand the neck injuries is what worries you a little bit with LVE. But yeah, if he's your linebacker, too, and he can manage to stay healthy, that's pretty nice. Oh, yeah, like on a per-game basis, he's, he's a linebacker one. It's just you mm-hmm. worry about him being out there, you know? So you worry if you're going to have him. I always say weeks 14, 15, and 16 when it matters. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think he's a, uh, if you can, if you can handle the risk, yeah, he's a, he's a great pick. I like him a lot. And Blake Martinez, I mean, actually, I had a uh, shout out fancy guy, uh, Ray. He uh, DM'd me today, asked me if I'd cho- who I would choose, who I would choose between uh, Corey yeah. Littleton, um, Jordan Hicks, and uh, Blake, Blake Martinez. Martinez. Right. And I chose Blake because I said he's the safest and he's like, he just feels the most solid out of the group. There's a lot of unknown with uh, Littleton, you know, with the new situation there in Oakland. And then, you know, Hicks has all this competition. Tackles in Las Vegas, Adam. Yeah, sorry, it's gonna happen a lot. I feel like it's still weird there in Las Vegas. Yeah, it's uh, that'll be tough. Yeah, I mean, Blake is one of those those guys, like you said, not the best NFL player, but for IDP purposes, all we care about it's like we were talking to Tom Kisslingberry uh, about this from Dynasty League Football. Kyle, you just want to chase snaps, like that is the that is the indicator that's going to be the biggest uh, clue as to who's going to be relevant and succeed in IDP. So I think you were smart to do that. And he got um, paid. He got he a did. contract. So I mean, and where's the competition? Yeah, he's good. Yeah. It's like past performance. He got paid. There's zero competition there for tackles. Yeah, I mean, team. he's going to yeah. there a lot. So great, great pick there for your first one. We were very proud of you. Um, so let's kind of roll through these next few picks here. You went Hayden Hurst, Drew Brees, Calais Campbell, Jordan Poyer was a great grab in the 15th. I absolutely love that. Like you mentioned, you grabbed Josh Allen in the 16th, and then you went Jonathan Allen, so back-to-back Allen bros. Uh, Keanu Neal, Curtis Samuel, Kevin Byard, Jeffrey Simmons, so back-to-back Titans. Uh, three Titans in a row there, Darrington Evans, Kyle Van Oy, Xavier McKinney, Corey Davis, Grady Jarrett, and Brian Hill round out your draft. So as far as the IDPs, um, you have a really nice safety trio. I think Jordan Poyer as your one is great. Keanu Neal, like we said, like you brought up the, the injuries, very scary, but to have Kevin fired there on the back end as your kind of insurance policy, it was that kind of what you were thinking here is let's swing for the fences, obviously a Homer pick a little bit, but then we have Bayard as kind of the insurance policy in case Keanu gets hurt again. 
Yeah, I think I was just trying to figure out with DBs, um, especially, you know, a lot of these guys are safeties, uh, how I think about them. I know last time we talked, like some of the best DBs, you know, were players like, you know, also on the Titans, like Logan Ryan last year, who like out on the field got beat a ton, but he was out in the field the whole time. And so I think I was trying to figure out in my in my mind with safeties, what is it? What does it look like for someone to actually, you know, be a difference maker? Like, you know, when I saw Jamal Adams get drafted, I was like, okay, Buda Baker, those kind of players. It's like, okay, those guys are difference makers. I'm seeing on the on the draft board, and who is somebody who I think could be that? And I think Neil can if he stays healthy. And then Bayard is a playmaker. I just don't know how much that actually translates to IDP scoring. It does in this kind of league. We always say guys are big play dependent, which typically means that they're getting sacks or interceptions. Byard falls into that camp, but in a league like this, he's a great guy to have as that DB3. Yeah, he can. he's a little all over the map. Like you'll have those years where he's like top six and then he'll be, you know, outside the top 24 the next year. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he's a little up or down, but in a league like this, that's where you want to take your shot. Babo, what was your favorite pick that uh, Kyborg had here in his draft? Speaking of DBs, I'm still, I don't know, I'm kind of rising on Xavier McKinney. You know, I know we have the Blake Martinez, you know, LB grab for the Giants there earlier, but we're talking about, you know, who is his competition for tackles. We've got Antoine Bethea who's gone, you know, so now it's just going to be McKinney and uh, um, Peppers. And I like McKinney for this year. You know, Keanu Neal should be your DB too, but I would not be surprised if McKinney, Finished as a DB2 as well at the end of the year. Um, a bunch of really, really nice grabs. Like Kyle Van Noy is very serviceable. Jeffrey Simmons is a D tackle, but, um, you know, Drell Casey's gone, so he's there by himself this year. Um, I guess my questions would be offensive there for you, uh, Kyborg, in what are the two things, I guess, that you see optimistically for Darrington Evans and then for your last pick of the draft being an Atlanta fan and Brian Hill? You know, I'm a little bit of a Todd Gurley homer, so just tread lightly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Gurley this year. I think at the time when we were drafting, it was when Gurley was, you know, kind of floating out, like maybe I'll skip this year. And so I think that was part of the reason, like, ah, it's at the end of the draft. Let me throw this out there. Um, and uh, I don't know. I just, Darrington Evans, if you look at the Titans, they they were at the very bottom in terms of pass attempts and the running backs ran the fewest routes in the league this past year. That's going to change. Yeah. Like if you, if you look at just last year, Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry, they almost ran the same number of routes. Um, and, and Henry average is only like 18 targets. So I, I think if Evans is the backup, I know that Henry just got paid, but if he's the backup and I can get him this late, especially in a deeper league, then I don't mind it. Cause I think he, he could eventually carve out a role where he gets, three or four targets a game or, or something like that. If he can pass protect. And I loved him coming out of Appalachian state. So um, I have him in two dynasty leagues. He's kind of like my rookie that I'm grabbing super late um, in deep leagues. And I just have to mention my boy, Curtis Samuel. Mm-hmm. I really think Curtis Samuel, uh, I think he's going to finish as a top 24 receiver. That's hot. Wow. He's, mm-hmm. he's being drafted as a, uh, as a wide receiver 52 right now. But yeah. um, I I can easily see him being ending up in that wide receiver two, wide receiver three range, and he's mm-hmm. kind of free in drafts. He's going to be in the slot. I just for offense, and I can get him as like my fifth or sixth receiver. I I mean I 
I think I've drafted him in every single draft this year. Bobby's got that pain smile on his face because your boy just sent away Curtis Samuel in a trade today. So he's like, That's undo, true. undo. What's the veto? Uh, it was collusion, Commission. It was collusion. You got to undo the yeah. trade. No, no. The amount of money Curtis Samuel is being paid in that league, he he's not he's not welcome back here anytime soon. You're scared and you know it, Bobby. You made a bad I'm, deal. <laughs> I'm trembling, you fellas. Oh <laughs> uh, well, we're proud of you. And if you had to give Kyle, this is one of our baby sharks. We're very protective of them. We try to help educate them, you know, especially a lot of these IDP newbies. We've got some of them in the uh, listener league this year. So what would be one piece of advice looking at this roster that you would give to Kai Borg before we get into the season? Okay. The offense is very good. Obviously knew what he was doing there. Uh, so the key for you, you I mean the defense, you have the pieces in place that are going to be fine. You have your studs in place. So you're just going to need to pay attention to the waivers. There's going to be, as we know, as, we, as we've talked about with offense, this is going to be the year of the backups, the handcuffs, et cetera, et cetera. So, just stay active, stay, uh, you know, monitor the injuries and stuff, uh, memorize the depth charts. You'll be good. Yeah. So our boy Tom K puts out uh, snap counts for every week during the season. Just pay attention to that. It's a great little cheat sheet of guys that are probably out there on waivers that are getting opportunities. Also, mm-hmm. pay attention to us. Yeah. We will help you uh, throughout the entire year. Okay? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of what we do. <laughs> and I'm also out there, shameless plug. Listen to us. Yeah, exactly. We <laughs> we are not dopes, as Adam has pointed out multiple times. You know the show you're on? Listen to it <laughs> yeah. a little bit. I would also say maybe try to grab another linebacker uh, just because you have um, Kyle Van Noy as the number three. But that looks like all the linebackers that you have. So if, if you know, LVE does go out with some kind of neck injury like week one or two, you're going to want to pay attention to the linebackers that are out there and maybe try to grab one to kind of fill out your linebacker depth a little bit. But uh, that's really it, man. The squad looks good. We're very proud of you. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun this year. We're excited to have you in your first IDP league. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of check in throughout the season and see how Kai Borg's doing. You're going to love, you're going to love watching football, man. It's going to be fun. Mm, yes, be this will. One of the things we promised you is that you would enjoy watching football more. So we want to hear during the season, if that's actually the case. And if it's not, guys, I listen, I listened back to our episode. And I just want to say you guys did so well with those points. Like I know I got to hear them live, but listening to him again, I was like the, these this isn't just fluff like i i would agree i want to enjoy more football mm-hmm. that seems mm. to be something if you're watching football to like you know i don't know host a fantasy football podcast maybe mm-hmm. you'd want to enjoy it more you know so we're <laughs> happy we're happy to be able to help facilitate that with this league and even if you tell us that you're not enjoying it more we're just going to say that you did yep so mm-hmm. it's not like you have a podcast where you can go on and refute what we say oh wait he does, doesn't he? Mm, that's okay. Okay, we got we got, we got a lot more. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyborg, let's get into the main course here. We're going to talk some NFC South tonight, and we're going to start with your favorite team. So what we'll do is we'll run down the projected starters for both offense and defense, and then we'll hit the fantasy targets on both sides of the ball. So we're going to lean heavy on you here as the Atlanta Falcons fan. Uh, so talk us through what you're thinking on these players. So 
Let's start with the projected starters. Offense, you got Matt Ryan at quarterback, Todd Gurley at running back, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and the often forgotten Russell Gage at wide receiver, Hayden Hurst at tight end. On defense, you have Grady Jarrett and Marlon Davidson at defensive tackle. Tack McKinley and Dante Fowler at D-end. Uh, Foysade Aluakun, Deion Jones at linebacker, Kendall Sheffield, A.J. Terrell at cornerback, and Keanu Neal and Ricardo Allen at safety. So let's start on the offensive side of the ball, Kyborg, and we're going to start with your boy, Matt Ryan. I absolutely love Ryan as a sneaky late QB target, kind of in that Matthew Stafford zone. How are you feeling about Matt Ryan this season? You know, I where you can get him, it, I feel fine. If you like the schedule, especially at the beginning of the season, um, they start off with Seattle and then at Dallas. If you think those games are going to shoot out, um, go for it. He, he's averaged 4,600 yards over the last nine seasons. I mean, that's that's an insane amount. But if you follow Falcons football, you know that our biggest issue is in the red zone. <laughs> we just can't throw touchdowns. Russell Gage actually led the wide receivers last year in red zone targets, not wow. Julio Jones. So yeah. And, and the weird thing about Ryan last year, he actually was way better on the road. Um, it, it's, it's just a weird, it was some weird splits. And so I don't think that's going to continue. I think that'll just kind of even out, but he, he's not automatic every single week, the way that you want to, because he might throw for two eighty and just hit one touchdown. And then you're not really going to get anything else. So I don't mind him at the beginning of the year, if you want to want to go there, but I I think he's kind of capped in terms of, I can't see him going anywhere higher than maybe QB five, just because he does nothing on the ground. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's move to the, the kind of juicier position. Uh, we've talked about him already. Todd Gurley, the big off season acquisition for the Falcons. Uh, Bobby, we're going to get your take in just a second, because we know this is your former beloved Ram, but Kyle, how are you, Looking at Todd Gurley, are you at all worried about the knee, the scheme fit? Where's the production going to be through the passing game since he didn't get used that much last year? What's your temperature on uh, Gurley right now? See, I'm drafting Gurley everywhere, especially if he can get if I can get him in the third round as my RB two, um, and even I did a best ball draft. And he's my RB three and I feel great about it. I love Gurley this year and not just for the Homer sake, like he was out on the field. I think he gets, you know, tagged as this injury guy. The dude was out on the field. He ran the fourth most routes, the position and the Rams are just weird. I mean, they didn't throw to the running backs last year. They had the fewest rece- uh, receptions in the league to the running back position. And so I just think that there is something in terms of the way that Jared Goff looked because he, he had the pass attempts, right? I think he was tied with James Winston for most in the league. It's just he wasn't looking that way. I mean, Todd Gurley was getting in his Fitbit steps, just running around um, <laughs> on the field. But the Falcons have the most vacated targets in the league. And I've done a ton of research on this, and I really, really believe it. We talk about it on the show. But Todd Gurley is going to be the beneficiary of these targets. Austin Hooper's gone. Devonta Freeman's gone. I mean, this guy can catch 50, 60 balls and it's nothing. We've seen him do way better than that. And so I, it doesn't shock me if I build that in his projection. Yes, yes, to stay on the field. But if he gets the work, if he sees, I don't know, 75 targets, I mean, that's not asking a ton, really, um, if he's going to be the predominant guy. The rest of the running backs on the team are a joke, if I'm honest. Like Brian Hill, Quadri Allison, I won't even mention 
Ito's name because he's he's not he's worth so it. Bad. It's just <laughs> the, Gurley's set up really well. Um, he knows how to be utilized within the ten zone, and the Falcons need help there. Then we need help, need help in the red zone. So I love Gurley. If you can get him as the RB, you know, fifteen, I think he can be a top twelve running back, especially where you can draft him. Bobby, that's got to be music to your ears. We saw you nodding throughout uh, Kyborg's spiel. Hit us with your take here. I don't even believe I need to talk, fellas. I think I might just uh, let Kyborg wrap it up for us. All right, guys in church, just just listening to the preacher saying, Amen, preacher. Preach. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, brother Kyborg. (laughs) So, Bobby, you had a nice stat in the doc, though. I want you to get your stat in here. This is good. Yeah, so aside from him sitting games um, right before the playoffs, obviously not last year. That would have been 2018 um, when the Rams had that locked up early. Mr. Todd Gurley has only missed one game in the last three freaking seasons, Joshua. And all you want to do is talk about his knees, how his knees hurt. How does that make you feel, Josh? Huh? It makes it makes me hurt because I understand what it's like to have a hurt knee and it don't feel good. And yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, that's in the stats. There looks like they've been declining for about three <laughs> years now. I just it's like it's like LVE's neck. It really is the equivalent for me. Like it's a ticking time bomb. Like is that knee? We're gonna have no no idea when it's gonna flare up, and when it does. That that backfield is plunged into darkness. He's a, he's a he's a wonderful volume play if you think he's gonna you know stay healthy to get it. It's a very similar to David Johnson. Exactly. This year. I was just getting ready to say it's very David Johnson esque. He's gonna it's gonna be a great situation for him. That's gonna no. be a great offense. I mean, no, don't you relate my Todd Gurley to David Johnson, who looked like he was carrying a piano on his back hey. last year coming around the corner. Don't DJ you do that a, to me. DJ had a high ankle sprain. I think he's actually going to be okay this year. Yeah, his first I, six games before the he, high ankle sprain, I mean, he was did you great. See that picture of him that uh, he was wearing the arm sleeve and he had the visor. I mean, mm-hmm. that's nice. The, the drip the is drip. off the charts. <laughs> hey, he looks so, cool. Yeah. So here's the tug of war with Gurley right now is that so Gurley gets through the Jeff Fisher years and is fine. And all of a sudden, the reemergence with Sean McVay comes about and it's like, oh my gosh, this is like the RB1 for like, what did he have that year? Like 17 or 18 rushing touchdowns and had just a ton of receptions. And then I think exactly kind of what Kyle was alluding to that, sure, Jared Goff threw the ball a lot last year, but their offensive line was so, so bad. Nobody could do anything. Goff didn't have any time to throw last year. So, sure, I'm sure Todd Gurley does have a little bit of wear on his tires, but um, that offense was atrocious. And I don't know, Kyle can probably speak to the offensive line in Atlanta a little bit better, but it's got to be an upgrade to what the Rams were last year. It's barely. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, no, offensive line has actually been a major issue in the past, but there is some continuity, which is something. I think Pro Football Focus has them in the 20s right now. So, um, not great, Bob. Nice. Mm. Um, Nice rep. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's not bad. I think it's, yeah, they're 24th right now, according to PFF. All right, so it could be worse. It could be worse. I think L.A. was even worse than that last year, so I guess it is a little bit of an improvement. But, uh, Addy, let's talk about one of your babies here, Julio Jones. Oh, man. And I want to start with you here. You've got him on your our, our main league. You've got him on the squad with probably the dirtiest wide receiver lineup in the league. Uh, so why don't you hit us with the uh, the Julio Jones take for 2020? 
I mean, I don't know. What, what can you really say about Julio? I mean, he's uh, he's just always going to be top five, it seems, every year. So uh, I don't think that's going to be any different this year. I know we've seen a lot of um, a lot of talk about you know Calvin Ridley taking another step. I still think this is going to be Julio's offense. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm ex- I'm expecting I'm expecting again uh, top five numbers. I mean, it'll be wide receiver one. That's what I said. It's like, would any of us be shocked if we looked up and Julio Jones is the wide receiver one at the end of 2020? No, I mean, I think there's a good chance that he leads the league and and targets again. I, I mean, Michael, Michael Thomas probably has the best chance, but I, he should be right up there with him. I mean, what's the thought on the the touchdowns, right? I mean, you just mentioned for some reason, Russell Gage was the most targeted wide receiver <laughs> down in the in the red zone, Kyborg. So is that? Is that the only hesitancy you have with Julio Jones this season, or is there something else we're not seeing? Yeah, no, it, it's it's just the touchdowns. Um, you're, I mean, t- he's going to be one of the target leaders. He's averaged 162 over the last six seasons. Shoot. That's just an insane total. Um, but in terms of the, I mean, you just if you watch if you watch Falcons games and if you watch what happens in the red zone, I did a dive a couple years ago. Um, I did an article was, is Julio Jones a bad red zone wide receiver? And that was my question. And I just looked at every red zone target that Julio Jones has literally ever had. I just like, I'm just going to see, is there something that's off? And honestly, if you look at the catchable targets that he's had in the red zone, it's pretty poor uh, for, for any receiver, much less an elite receiver. So that that's what has to change. I think, you know, you're going to cap at like probably eight touchdowns, unfortunately. Um, but if, if you catch 130 balls and, you know, go for 1500 yards, it's totally, totally fine, but you'll be fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what, what was that? Kyle? We're like 70% of those just fades. It seems coaches love the fade. Yeah. And it's such a low percentage play. And, you know, he, whenever they get Julio involved in the slot, good things happen. It's just, you can't, you know, in the past there, there wasn't anybody else there. There was Roddy white at the very beginning yeah. Uh, of his years, but now they actually have some, some weapons, especially um, I like Hayden Hurst more than Austin Hooper um, in terms of just downfield targets. Uh, Hooper was just a low dot guy. So I think that in the red zone, they have a chance to flip the script. I'm obviously biased though. Yeah. I, I'm a, I like uh, Hayden Hurst in terms of hair for sure. Yeah. The hair Adam's big into the hair. Uh, if you can't tell it's a big factor in the overall drip equation. Sure. And uh, hers, like you said, guys, just grow your hair out. You'll get more love and more attention. You look good. You're going to play good. That's right. It's uh, I believe that was uh Deion Sanders that said that maybe. Uh, so let's talk about the other uh, wide receiver there in Atlanta that is getting a lot of love this off season to the point where he's now going as the wide receiver 17 off the board at the 406 between AJ Brown and Robert Woods. This is Calvin Ridley. Uh, he also has DJ Chark and Keenan Allen behind him. My question for you, Kyle, can Calvin Ridley live up to the hype? I've seen him as high in some people's rankings as like wide receiver 11, um, which is way too rich for, for me. Uh, I love Ridley in terms of what he gets to do for this offense, but he's not a burner and, you know, he's had a knack for getting in the end zone, but it's kind of been more, you know, weird scenarios. Like when he hit double digits, his rookie year. So I, I can't count on that type of touchdown production. You know, it's just, it's a fluke that those went to Ridley over, over Julio. Um, and so 
I can't see him topping out in that wide receiver one range unless something happens to Julio and he just gets a stupid amount of targets. Uh, I haven't been getting him in a lot of draft, but if there's one player that can kind of, I don't know, be Chris Godwin-esque, it's somebody like him is perceived wide receiver two that gets the targets. And, you know, what if Matt Ryan just ends up throwing it 680 times again? You know, that that's possible uh, if it, if the run game's not working that he could see the volume. But right now, I actually haven't been drafting him. I've had, I'd rather have DJ Chark actually on my team. Yeah, I think I would agree. And Bobo, I think you're probably, it looks like from your notes here, off of Ridley uh, because we know you're an admitted Hayden Hurst lover, but also because of this next guy, Russell Gage. Uh, this is a guy not to overlook, even though he's being undrafted as of right now. Uh, this is, Adam mentioned it, the season where we're going to favor depth, handcuffs, sleepers, waiver wire pickups. This guy had 74 targets in 2019. So he is not someone to overlook, Bobo. People need to be paying attention to Russell Gage. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think that. Our boy Calvin Ridley is probably a great hold right now. I just love like when people get to the point to where they're overdrafted, like Deontay Johnson right now, or maybe not right now, but a couple weeks ago, the love for Deontay was crazy, and he's probably a good sell. That's kind of the same for Ridley. I think Ridley's going to eat this year. He's a great like NFL wide receiver, too, to have behind Julio, but I just think that Russell Gage and even we'll get into Hayden Hurst, I think they're going to see more targets this year. Um I don't know that Ridley's necessarily going to regress some because I think he's super, super talented. Um, it's just really hard to make out right now who's going to see those receptions behind Julio. Yeah. I was, um, I was listening randomly listening to the. Uh, have you heard that podcast with the Titans tackle Taylor Lewan? Yeah, he uh, he had AJ Brown on there the other day, and and he was like, AJ Brown, who's your top three receivers? He said Julio, Amari, and Calvin Ridley. I thought Ridley was so. I hear some people really, you know, a lot of people really like Amari because of route running, but it was just yeah. odd to hear someone like AJ Brown uh, <laughs> give Calvin Ridley that kind of love. I don't know. It's kind of struck hmm. me. All former Alabama. And another, yeah, that was another thing. Another weird little little tidbit. I just can't get over the fact who was it? Rex Ryan called Amari Cooper a turd or something this offseason. <laughs> I'm like, he knows he's probably had a Cooper on his fantasy team where he's disappeared for like three or four games uh, a season. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, sucks so bad. Um, So, Bobby, let's talk about the tight ends here. We've mentioned them. Um, This is probably, I would say, one of your biggest uh, man crushes for this offseason. Hayden Hurst. Mm -hmm. uh, We know the draft pedigree, um, you know, taken before uh, the Ravens selected Lamar Jackson. (laughs) which is kind of crazy. Um, And the Falcons paid that second round draft pick cost to get him. Uh, We know that the Falcons tight end position can be very valuable. Look at Austin Hooper, who was like tight end one there for a while last season. Mm -hmm. So Kyborg, what am I missing? Shouldn't is Hayden Hurst just locked in as a, as a top 12 guy here, assuming health. We're having to project a ton into what he could be because honestly, you know, through a couple of years in the league, it's really been nothing in terms of fantasy production and on the field. So there's nobody else there in Atlanta that should give him any sort of competition. So if he sees the snaps, if he sees 75 to 80 targets, like maybe he's the one that lucks into the, the touchdowns this year. Maybe he's the one that gets the, the eight touchdowns and he becomes valuable. He's worth a shot. And if he has those kind of seam routes, 
Um, I, I looked this up. He actually ran more uh, deep routes and was targeted more deep than Austin Hooper was, but he ran 271 less routes than him. So in terms of his usage, he's been a player that can actually get downfield where Austin Hooper was more just a safety valve. So um, I like his upside, but I mean, he's one of those tight ends at the end that could he, yes, he could easily just finish though as the tight end 18 and not do anything. Yeah, Bob, I'm going to put you on the spot here. You got it in the doc. I'm curious to see if you're going to put it on the podcast. Where are you projecting Hayden Hurst to finish this year in the tight end rankings? I mean, you got to catch like eight balls for 50 yards and you're basically a, a top 12 tight end at this point, it seems like. But I'm going to pin this boy in for a top pin, not even pencil. I'm going to get my pin out and and put him in, pin him in for the top five finish this year. That's that's Whoa. easy peasy. Easy peasy. Yeah, loves I mean, it. Is he, he's basically the Darren Waller, right? The guy who it seems like it all makes sense. This is, you know, it, yeah. yeah, much better hair. I mean, that's really Adam's just all in on if you got the drip, if you got the swag, you got get locks. It got an immediate yeah. bump up. And I'm going to give you this next one here, Addy. This is the Falcons kicker. <laughs> Talk to us about this guy here for fantasy purposes. Young Hoku, baby. I think he's a big reason why uh, we saw that end of year uh, stretch, you know, where they were just on fire. They, they, what, what were they over their last like seven or eight games? weren't weren't they a winning team? They were six and mm-hmm. six and two over the last back half. And that's a hundred percent, I think, attributed to Young Ho. <laughs> <laughs> you put the picture in here, and I'm pretty sure you just put it in because he's wearing Michael Vick's number, number seven, and he has a tattoo. Is that correct? That was Bobby that did that. Oh, Bobby did that. Same okay, Bobby, but I did add <laughs> Young Ho when he was I noticed he was missed. I'll yeah, be honest, he- it was me. that's amazing yes he knows he knows what it is that that stokes the fire for addy it's the it's the jersey it's the tattoo that he is drippy isn't he yeah he's got the the head full of helmet right there that is that that face is bursting out of that helmet (laughs) i'm gonna go at him right i mean seriously he should be he's gonna be a great kicker this year no kidding you've gotten rid mm -hmm. of kickers in pretty much every league adam uh, that's true, but I, there are a few that I, you know, I'm not the commissioner of. Them. Yeah, Adam's going to be checked out for the next couple minutes here. So let's jump to defense, Kyle. I know you're a newbie in this realm, but I know you also know your Atlanta Falcons, and you know this next player because you drafted him. So Grady Jarrett, um, you were, you know, probably thinking, okay, who's a late round guy here that I can grab? I need some defensive line depth. Grady Jarrett, what was your thinking? What are what are you expecting from Jarrett this year that made made you want to add him to your inaugural IDP squad? One thing, it was just I felt like it was a value. Like he just hung around in our draft like way too late, and I had him kind of queued for a while. Um, I know that he's on the field. I know that he's productive. Um, I also know that defensive tackles. This is what I know so far about IDP. Defensive tackles don't mean as much as defensive lineman, but I just needed someone that was steady and that I could plug in and feel like, all right, he's going to give me a safe floor. Yeah, it was surprising. I knew that he had a great year, but actually finished as D tackle three last year, 27 years old, Addy. So that means he has what? 
grown man strength. Grown man strength. Into it, right that's right. Now. He's coming. He's really? not even. We haven't even seen it yet. Right. Uh, Calais Campbell, probably the poster child for grown sure. man strength. Um, Eight hundred and six mm-hmm. snaps. That was seventy eight percent of the defense's overall snaps. Absolutely love Grady Jarrett, uh, especially in D tackle required leagues. Uh, Addy, what are you feeling about this man here? Yeah, I love Grady Jarrett. So among all defensive linemen and edge players, uh, Grady was the sixth uh, sixth highest rated. Wow. So Amongst all defensive linemen. And edge. And so, edge. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, he's great. You know, he, he had 46 pressures, seven and a half sacks, uh, and, and 69 tackles. That was very nice. Very nice. But, I mean, that's kind of what Kyle was talking about. That's the nice floor. A, a guy like that that still has decent sack numbers, but also, like, 69, 70 tackles. Like, that's that's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to look it up here because you're right, Kyle. Defensive tackle, not as valuable as defensive end. But in our RSO league, again, this is big play. Scored 196 points last year. And so I wanted to pull up here and give you an equivalent uh, defensive end. So that would have been between Justin Houston and Yannick Ngakwe. So good for about defensive end 10 or 11. Good. So Grady Jarrett, even though he is designated as the D tackle, is absolutely amongst the top you know, 15 defensive linemen that you should be looking at. So the fact you got them that late in the draft, uh, we're we're kicking ourselves for sure. So nice job is what we're trying to say. We're very proud. Little wizard, you little wizard. Go me, go, go, go Kyle. Uh So Bob, why don't you kick us off with this next guy here? This is someone coming over from your beloved Rams, Dante Fowler jr. How are you feeling about old Fowler this season? Not so great, Joshy. Uh, Dante right now is a sell to me, and I'll tell you why. The year that Indomitian Sue spent with Aaron Donald, he had 59 tackles, four and a half sacks, um, and then switched from the Rams to Tampa Bay in 2019, went to 41 tackles and two and a half sacks. Um, I know that Grady Jarrett is good. Um, I know Grady Jarrett can be kind of – uh, put in the same stratosphere as Aaron Donald at times as far as defensive tackles go. But I'm just not one of the people who is buying Dante Fowler's 2019 production to continue into 2020. Uh, I will. I don't want to get into it too far. I don't think any of us are very big Tack McKinley fans. Um, I just think that Dante Fowler is going to be pretty much the um, – he's going to be the star by himself – um, they're in Atlanta and I don't, I don't foresee 11 and a half sacks again. Um, you know, his years in Jacksonville, he had four sacks in 16, eight sacks in 17, and then two sacks in 2018. Um, and he was a first rounder, right? Dante yeah. Fowler. Yeah. It was like number three overall yeah. pick. He was, he was top 10 for sure. He, and he got hurt that first year with the, with the Jaguars in camp. He did. That's right. I remember that because yeah. a lot of people were like devastated to lose a top three pick. Still just 27, though. That's right. Um, he had <laughs> a lot of pressures last year. He had 67 pressures. That's nice. So, I mean, that's up there. That's uh, that was actually 13th best in the NFL. It was surprising when I looked. I've been low on Fowler, uh, Fowler perhaps too low, though. Did not realize that he finished 2019 as D end 11. Yeah, he's I think he's uh, I mean, I think a lot of people kind of echo what Bobby was saying. They don't believe in him yet. They still need another prove it year. Well, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna miss out on some value because he's he's still going like after you know defensive lineman twenty. Like he's, yes. he's been a value in every single draft I've done. Yeah, uh, and I think he'd easily finish inside that. That's a good point. I just 
I just don't want people to think that he's going to have another 10 sack year just because I don't know if that's what you're going to see. He might have a six to an eight sack year, sack year, honestly. What's his, what did you, I completely missed that because my son ran in yelling blippy. Uh, what's his ADP as far as lineman? Where's he going right now, Adam? Uh, I'm not sure. I just know that he, in every draft I've done, he's always like slept on. Like if I'm sure in our Western league, he was even a late pick. Yeah, um, we can look it up. But, you know, he he finished ahead of guys like Josh Allen, Calais Campbell, Melvin Ingram, Trey Flowers last year. All guys 100% for sure are getting drafted ahead of Dante yeah. Fowler right now. Yeah, 67 pressures. That's nothing to, uh, you know, shake a stick at. That's right. Nice. That's right. So, Kyle, yeah, I'm curious. Thank Aaron Donald. It's <laughs> in Aaron Donald's Grady, Omaha Grady, Stakes, yeah. Dante. Grady Jarrett's just fine, Bobby. Young no. entering that grown ass man stage. <laughs> <laughs> so Kyle, I'm curious as an actual Falcons fan, it seems like Tack McKinley has been a bit of a disappointment. Um, he was DN 48 on about 52% of snaps first round draft pick. What is the Falcons fans like temperature on Tack McKinley? Oh, one, we're not great at drafting on defense. I'll just, I'll just say that. So yeah, in terms of uh, him out on the field, I just don't see like enough plays being made um, for, you know, I just, just what we thought we were getting out of UCLA. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm would be fine if he just moved on. Yeah. That's <laughs> perfect answer. That's we can, right. We can move on. Yeah. I was going to say no, no <laughs> further need here to talk about tack. Let's go to Dion Jones. Uh, this is someone that I know a lot of, uh, IDP analysts are high on uh, Big Three Network host Joey the Tooth has projected him to be the linebacker two mm. overall. Uh, I went and looked because I was curious if I was missing something on Jones. He played 949 snaps last year, which was about 91%, second on the team, finished as linebacker 29. Devondre Campbell, the vampire, linebacker 18. So I've got. Uh, Deion Jones as my linebacker 19 right now. And that's kind of where I see him. He's a nice option for your LB two, but I just don't see him as an LB one. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you know, I think that's my uh, Twitter background. So, I mean, I, I love the guy, but I've, I've had the, uh, he, he is a, in my opinion, like a top five actual NFL linebacker, but he's just not a tackle leader. Like some of those other guys, um, you have to kind of rely on the big plays. Uh, with him, which he usually, you know, he usually makes them, but uh, it's hard to count on those. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I think I may have him ranked like linebacker 14. Yeah, he's not a guy I want as my LB1, LB2. Yeah, that's fine. And the and I figured, you know, he wouldn't be his ADP would be lower considering he hit. He has kind of been a letdown the past two years. He got hurt in 2018. And then last year, you know, he played he played all 16, but he just was kind of underwhelming. I think we keep doing the, but this is the year kind of game yeah. with him of like, oh, he was hurt. So last year, this is the year he's going to make that leap. Oh, right. well, he had Devondre Campbell, the tackle leader. This is the year he's going to make that you know leap. And I'm just not willing to take that that gamble. Bobby, what about you? This is the year that Deion Jones will be at LB1, Josh. <laughs> okay, if you want to take that gamble, go for it. Um, hey, I'm a gambling man. You know, you look at Devondre Campbell being gone. I don't think that... uh uh, Alu- Aluakan, Alukan. Alu- no, Alu- 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 I don't think either of them are very, uh, you know, they're fine, but just, uh, just wait till the end of the year, Joshy. Old Dion, 
He's gonna be better than the LB nineteen. That's that's disrespectful right there. <laughs> Cal, I'm always curious. Again, anytime we have fans on the show that are more plugged in to like the kind of consensus around the team, um, Deion Jones, a sort of controversial figure in IDP. How do Falcons fans feel about him? It feels like someone that the team would love, the fans would gravitate towards, but is that the reality? Oh, we love him. And he's made some huge plays. A couple years ago, I was at a game in the Dome. Uh, they were playing the Saints, and he picked off Drew Brees to to end a Thursday night game. Oh yeah, we were wearing those uh, the uh, color rush red jerseys. Um, Kamara got hurt that night, so I mean he made a big play, and I, and that was my question. You guys answered it. It seems like for IDP, you would say he's a great linebacker in the NFL, but for IDP, he doesn't rack up quite the the counting stats that you would want. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you saw the tackle monster in Devondre Campbell finished higher. So that's a great indication that Dion's just not getting the tackles you want. And they just, they need him in coverage. You know, he's that's not right. going to be, he's mm-hmm. going to be playing back a little bit. His oh. sideline to sideline speed is incredible. Yeah. So let's, and, you know, I was thinking with Dion Jones, like, is he, he's a little bit of a tweener, you know, he's kind of small for a linebacker, maybe a little too big for his safety. So, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, that, I do kind of worry. That kind of also plays a little bit into it. I just I don't know that maybe he's not playing out of position a little bit. It's true. That's true. Well, let's talk about his new linebacker mate there in Foisade Aluakun. Um, this is just personal. This is kind of like Mike Wallert with Max Crosby, not rooting it in so much logic and stats. Uh, I'm just I've been down this road before and I'm not going back. I, I was all in on Aluakun last year. I understand the opportunity is there with uh, Devontae Campbell out of town, but I'm just not doing it, Addy. But I think you may be on the other side of, yeah, I'll take a shot. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I mean, he's going to be going, you know, probably undrafted in a lot of, in a lot of leagues. Um, and also sleeper, he, is, he gets the uh, defensive back designation. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's a great reason to have him rostered in sleeper. Bobby, are, do you think he's worth the, uh, the roster spot in other more conventional leagues? He's fine. He's fine. Move on, Bobby. Bobby, bringing that. Just this is what you're going to get, Kyborg, when you tune in. Uh, just these these uh, these hot takes here. So, so Michael so, Walker, he's the rookie, right? That they brought in. Yeah. Do we? Does anyone have any thoughts on him? Well, Kyle said they're terrible at drafting defense. So uh, <laughs> down arrow for uh, Michael Walker. Um, Let's, Kyle Lucon take goes to uh, goes to this next guy. But you, you, the way you feel about Foyce is basically how I feel about Keanu Neal, Josh. There you go. So Keanu Neal, um, gosh, it's one of those guys you just wish things had turned out differently so far in his career. Uh, played two full games, got hurt in week three. He's the DB 13 for me now. It's like I know that there's upside there, but with that injury risk, I'm not taking him as my DB1. No, and I mean, they were like serious injuries, Achilles yeah. and torn ACL. Yeah, pretty much the two worst ones that you can have sort of like a bad neck or like you know, back injury. Yeah. And, and mean, then still, the price is still kind of too high. Like he's still going yeah. in that, you know, 10 to 15 range. And that's, I don't know. That's the risk. Isn't really, I don't know. The value is not there for the risk. And then when he gets hurt and you go grab uh Demonte Kazee, they're like, Hey, Kazee's not going to play uh Keanu's uh, role. It's going to be somebody else. You're like, Oh, great. Glad yeah. I just spent all that fab on, uh, on Kazee. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, so safeties, uh, you know, again, um, 
Keanu Neal, is this a, I'm always curious with guys that have these consistent injuries. Are the fans just like, okay, we feel bad for you, but please move on. Or are they like, we just want the best for Keanu Neal. Like what's the temperature right now? I don't know if you remember when we drafted Neal, um, it was, it was controversial for us because like I said, we're bad at drafting defensive players, but we drafted him in the first round when there was a lot of other, you know, high profile players on the board that people wanted. Um, but people love him here. Uh, and so we just want him to be healthy. I, I looked at my draft cause you know, he's my DB two and I got him, um, I counted at DB 14. So pretty close to what you guys were saying. And yeah. Um, no, when I drafted him, I was like, you know what? I, I know what he can be. And a couple years ago he was awesome, but, um, yeah, it was kind of risky, but I'm glad he's not my, my first DB. Yeah. I mean, if he's back on the field and if he's healthy, you can be the one who says, yeah. I'm not going to let past injuries dissuade me from taking a guy who's talented, who has opportunity. Uh, but you were smart to hedge a little bit there with the Jordan Poyer as your DB one. That makes me feel a lot better. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to say in good confidence that uh, in good faith that you made a smart move no, taking Neil as DB one. I, mm-hmm. I like Neil there, you know, four yeah. fine. It's not, it's not, it's not a reach. And no. Neil, Neil's been somebody in IDP Twitter. There's been a lot of conversation about like him in some deep leagues. And, you know, people have asked about what you think about Neil. And you're like, man, if you don't have to give a whole lot, he, he could really hit and be like awesome this year. He just has to stay healthy. You know, insert a Christian Kirksey joke or who else have we got that could just stay healthy and they'll be Go awesome. Or JJ yeah. Watt. There we go. Lots of guys. 6,000% pain. Yeah, exactly. 6,000. Maybe what he's feeling. Hopefully not this season. We wish the best for JJ. But all right. So that was a trip through Atlanta. Kyle's favorite team, Kyle Borg. We appreciate you bringing the insight as a Falcons fan there. We're going to look now to the Carolina Panthers. This is pretty much a remade team from top to bottom, Addy. Uh, both sides of the ball got a facelift and we're going to talk about the fantasy relevant pieces. So let's start on offense. They are starting Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, Christian McCaffrey at running back, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel and Robbie Anderson as wide receivers and Ian Thomas as tight end. The defense we'll see, but right now these are the guys that we're going to go with Derek Brown and K1 short at defensive tackle, Brian Burns and Yeter gross Matos at defensive end Shaq Thompson and the handsome one himself to hear whitehead at linebacker, Dante Jackson, Eli Apple, and some human being named Corn Elder as cornerback, and then Trey Boston and the double end, Jeremy Chin at safety. So let's start on offense. This is, um, I think, the more exciting side of the ball just because the defense, there's we got a few pieces we like and we'll get to them. But uh, Kyle, start us off Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Two Gloves. We all love Teddy Two Gloves. Went to Louisville here in Kentucky. Um, what is your outlook for Teddy. Is he a guy that you're interested in at all? If you're adhering to the late round QB strategy, honestly, I'd rather have him as a QB too. But if you are interested in just saying, I want to swing for the fences and get this guy early, they have some matchups. I like those first two weeks, they play Las Vegas and they play at the Buccaneers. So those are two, um, matchups where I feel like he's going to have to actually throw to keep them in it. You know, their defense is going to be atrocious this year. But um, what I love about this team is there's so much, you know, change. There's so many changes, but this team actually has some chemistry built. Uh, Matt Rule 
you know, has some chemistry built. He was with Robbie Anderson when he was at Temple. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, was um, with Joe Brady, you know, who was part of the Saints. So like, they know each other. They know how to work with one another. Um, and with Teddy, if he just continues to get uh, pass attempts, like if, if the Panthers are, are once again at the top in terms of pass attempts and pace of play, I mean, they were top five last year in pace of play. So they're just getting these plays over and over and over again. Um, and they're going to run three wide. I, I like his chances if the volume's there. He's, you know, his ADOT's always been super low. But just pure volume, like he, this offense is actually set up for him to do really well. And I love the pieces here. For best ball, this is my favorite team to actually stack because you can get the quarterback so cheap. Um, you can get some of these wide receiver options and Ian Thomas super late too. Yeah, it seems like I think it was uh, on one of the recent fantasy footballers episodes. They talked about, you know, everyone makes fun of Teddy for this very shallow depth of target that he was, you know, guilty of in 2019 when he was holding down the fort for Drew Brees. And yet when Brees came back, his average depth of target wasn't that different. So it was the question of, okay, is this just the Saints offense? And are we miscasting Teddy Bridgewater here as kind of this check down, throw it short kind of player? And so that changed my outlook a little bit. And I'm with you, Kyle. I, he's QB 25 and ADP. I think people are a little scared off by the uncertainty, the yards per attempt. I'm optimistic. Um, if I have like one of the top four guys, you know, the Dak, the Kyler, the Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson's those type. And I'm looking for a backup. I'll take a swing on Bridgewater. I mean, what if this Panthers offense is really good? Yeah. I, I mean, they're all of their prices are deflated. And so, you know, you can cut these guys, especially these late receivers like Samuel or Anderson, if it's just not working out, they didn't have time to gel through this COVID off season. Like, I mean, that's totally a possibility, but if they hit and if they're getting those attempts and they're, and they're running, uh, you know, an offense with three wide, I, I like their opportunity. And this is one of my favorite things to do in fantasy. Whenever you look at a team that's just ambiguous, I don't know what they're going to do. A lot of times it's, you can actually tell by looking at their ADP. You look at a lot of the Bengals pass catchers, like all of their guys are deflated. Cause you're like, I don't know what kind of offense is going to be with Joe Burrow? Like, I don't, I haven't seen it yet. That's when you get a chance to buy and take your shot. And it's not always going to work, but ambiguous offenses, a lot of times give you the opportunity to swing for the fences. And so that's why I, I love Teddy. Um, I actually looked the other day, he's um, 10,000 to one odds to win MVP. And if you watch the office and if you've ever heard Kevin Malone say this, if you ever get 10,000 to one odds, you take it. You take those. You take those odds. If yeah. John Mellencamp ever wins an Oscar, I'm a very rich man. <laughs> Bobby, I know from looking at your notes here, you're going to give Teddy Two Gloves some love. Yeah, just real quick. Um, I know that his 7.1 yards per attempt in 2019 is a little interesting, but the Saints actually averaged 7.3 on the year, which puts him 10th overall in the actual NFL. And Teddy's two years in Minnesota, his two years of um, yards per attempt, uh, 2014 was 7.3 and 2015 was 7.2. Um, I do think they probably capped Teddy a little bit in New Orleans. I think they just kind of wanted to tread water and to try to, you know, make him an Alex Smith just as a game controller, give the ball to Kamara. Let's try to win on the ground, throw some short routes to Michael Thomas. 
and to Jared Cook. And really, that's all they ran all year, honestly, for Breeze, too. You know, they didn't, Traquan Smith, uh, Keith Kirkwood, no, but they didn't really have a downfield threat. So I don't know. I'm a little bit more. I'm a little bit more intrigued by Teddy, I guess, probably than most guys. The injury risk is probably still worrisome, and we're probably not talking about that enough. Um, but he's super, super deep in most leagues and definitely worth the value to me. And they've had to remake their offensive line too. So that's the other part of, of this that's like, that's not automatic. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be too many, too many things to try to gel in a year. It's going to be hard. But, man, the cast of weapons that they got is pretty uh, – pretty de- deadly yeah i love teddy i mean that defense is bad so they're gonna have to you know i think have some shootouts to stay in games mm-hmm. um and he just like he's he's going super late i think um i if you're gonna wait on quarterback i think he's perfect i think you know pairing up with someone like kirk cousins or Tannehill or i think that would be a awesome combo and you know like, if you look at our listener league kirk cousins philip rivers mm-hmm. gardner Minshew. Car, all those dudes are available right now. So I mean, you don't have to. I mean, really, you can wait on these guys. But I think like streaming a couple of, like those options. I mean, Teddy would be at the top of the list for me out of that group. Yeah, take the shot. It's like you don't know. So if you don't yeah. know, try to capture the potential upside that's there. And if it doesn't work out, just move on. Yep. Um. So let's talk. We're gonna. I'm just gonna drop one little nug on Christian McCaffrey. And we're going to move on to these wide receivers because what can we say about CMC that hasn't been said? This was insane. One of my favorite stats from last season in our RSO league. CMC could have scored 150 fewer points in 2019 and still would have been the RB1. That's how good Christian McCaffrey was. And we'll see a very similar stat later on for the wide receiver leader uh, on the next preview here. So DJ Moore, Addy, I'm curious here your note on DJ Moore. It seems like maybe this is someone that the old Twitter community is a buzzing about. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's like, uh, I think Twitter values CMC one Oh one. And then I think it's DJ Moore one Oh two. just how I mean, speak on it, Addy. He's he just, he's just super hyped. I mean, mm-hmm. I agree. He's a really, really good player. Um, I just don't know that we're ever going to see the ceiling that, that people think that he seems that he's going to have. Um, uh, I don't know though, man. I mean, I like him. He's talented, but Mm. I think the hype's a little out of control. I mean, he's going like in near the end of the first round and okay. Yeah. That's a little crazy right now. So as somebody else in North Carolina once said, the roof is the ceiling. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, DJ Moore, I, I, in one of our leagues, I went, uh, DJ chart, DJ Moore, every, every DJ bros as my wide receiver one and two, I'm feeling pretty good about that combo, but it is, uh, it it is not lost on me that the DJ bros are both kind of riding this wave of like Twitter hype where it's kind of like you're the grumpy old man. If you're not down with these two guys is like locks for the top 12. I mean, yeah, I could see it. Um, but again, we're giving Teddy this kind of uncertainty here. So we can't not ascribe that to uh, the wide receivers, the weapons as well. And at least acknowledge the fact that there's a lot up in the air here. Like there's, this a, is, lot of, there's a lot of good options now. You know, yeah. Wide receivers. Very more. deep. I like Robbie. Anderson. Yeah. We like Ian Thomas. We know that CMC is going to catch a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't mention Kyle's boy. Samuels. I mean, so, you know, I don't know. I just don't see, I just don't see him getting him ever reaching that, that top six wide receiver status, at least not yet. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kyle, would you rather grab DJ Moore really high in a draft or wait and grab Curtis Samuel later on? In best ball, I've been just waiting on Samuel. Uh, yeah, the, the price tag's a little steep for me. Um, I think in redraft, DJ Moore is somewhere around like wide receiver 10, 9, somewhere around there. So you're going to have to pay up like an early third round pick. And I, I for me, I, I don't think I want him as my wide receiver one heading into, you know, uh, just week one. I'm not crazy about that. He did increase his ADOT. He's a yak machine. Um, I, I, I like him as a player. I loved him last year. I, we wrote him up as a potential wide receiver one last year, but the, the price is a little high. Uh, but if this offense, I think it can sustain, you know, a couple of wide receivers, but we got to realize McCaffrey is functioning kind of as the wide receiver one. He had 140 something targets last year. So it, it's hard to, to kind of filter and, and look at those targets and like, okay, if DJ Moore gets 130 and McCaffrey, you know, maybe goes down to 125 or like what, what else is there to really sustain other people um, long-term? So uh, I like this offense just because of the unknowns. Like I said, I love Curtis Samuel. If he's going to be the slot guy, Robbie Anderson's just going to be the clear out nine, just go run some nines, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I like, Curtis Samuel underneath. And then I I like Ian Thomas too. Like he's, he ran out of the slot, the second most among tight ends last year, right behind Gusecki. So he's a pass catching guy. So hopefully they just, you know, throw it 50 times a game. That would be awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, if you're worried about Teddy's yards per attempt, don't you by default, like Ian Thomas as that kind of Austin Hooper type close to the line of scrimmage check down guy. Just everything he was saying there just made me think just Teddy seems to be the, the, the answer here. Yeah, get Teddy. Get Teddy. That's what that was. Offense. That was actually my question for Robbie Anderson, which seems kind of crazy. But you're the Robbie Anderson owner. Would you rather have Sam Darnold as his quarterback or Teddy Bridgewater? I mean, Ooh. it seems like uh, Sam Darnold, right? You know, number two so. or number three overall pick. Yeah, and that's still probably my answer. And it's hard for me to separate the Adam Gase bias that you have there. But, but I mean, he's going to be with the you know a really creative mind. You just wonder what type of effect that's going to have on yeah. the offense, bring you know, someone like that there. Yeah. I'll be very curious if Robbie Anderson has his best season ever in Carolina, but, you know, it also is going to be tough because none, you know, he hadn't had any practice there with, with that team, this whole new system. I mean, so it could be a, We'll see. It's yeah. Interesting. None of the guys have had it with Teddy though. So that's yeah. kind of like, I guess you're all on the same page, new offense, new quarterback. So maybe we should, I don't know, tamp down our expectations a little bit with this uh, coronavirus reality that we're in, yeah. but okay. We're out on Teddy now. Yeah. Okay. So Teddy's been canceled. Uh, the Panthers <laughs> offense has been canceled as well. Don't listen uh, to the last 10 minutes of yes. our conversation. <laughs> just delete, just delete it all. Um, so Bobby, uh, let's real quickly, before we move to defense, give me your in Thomas take. I like some of these stats you got here. Yes, yeah, so Greg Olson had 82 targets last year in Carolina. Um, Jared Cook had 23 targets in his first seven games. Um, with Teddy at the helm, no, Teddy didn't play that many games. I think Teddy played five or four? six. I thought it was maybe four. Yes. Yeah, four or five. Okay. And he then five, uh, and five and really, there you go. I like Ian Thomas's athleticism. 
I really think he has tied in one upside, exactly kind of what we've been talking about. Um, but the thing that was papered over that I want to put a point to is uh, Curtis Samuel. You know, somebody pointed out today, I think as the editor of the uh, Fantasy Footballers, that we should have that guy uh, on the show, Bobby. I know. What's wrong with us? There was something like 40 uncatchable passes thrown Curtis Samuel's way. So let's just say he catches half of those. Um, That gives him more of a line like 74 receptions, almost 900 yards, and possibly eight touchdowns uh, if he catches 20 of those 40 balls. Um, so I'm with Kyle. I think uh I think Curtis Samuel is uh is being slept on a little too hard. Um, but I did sell him today, so do as I say, <laughs> not as I do. That's right. Once again, we're undoing ourselves uh as we get to the end of our argument. So uh let's talk about the defense here. Uh it's a not great defense, just in the fact that it's very young. This is completely remade. It's a defense that should be good two or three years from now as players develop but there's still some nice pieces here for IDP. So let's hit on a few of them. Uh, K1 short. This was, I believe someone that Tom mentioned on the last episode to pay attention to somebody not to overlook. He only played two games in 2019, but he's one of the lone vets on this defense. I've always liked short. I believe he's underrated. If he's my defensive tackle too, um, I would be okay with that. Uh, Bobby looks like you may be thinking the same in deeper leagues. Yeah. He's fine. The leagues were, were good as a DT too. All right. So Brian Burns, Addy, this is someone that uh, we think has a lot of upside this year in this remade defense. Again, one of the lone veterans of this group played 43% of snaps in 2019. I think he was miscast a little bit as that linebacker now as a D end and Phil Snow's four, three defense. I like Burns a lot better this year. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's uh, yeah. I think we could see him take a large step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bobo, it seems like the additions along the defensive line there, you think this is a potentially big year for Brian Burns. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't know that we're going to circle around and have some dark horse breakouts for this year. You know, we probably need to do that before the beginning of this year, just to throw it back to the beginning of the big three. But he would have the making of somebody who could maybe fill in the role of one of those dark horses. You know, you're adding uh, Adam's favorite uh, Gross Matos and uh, Derek Brown. You know, he had seven and a half rookies as a sack. Um, and y'all better hurry up and buy him. With Hold on, wallet. Bobby. Did you just say seven and a half rookies as a sack? <laughs> I'm I sorry, believe guys. You, I believe you did. And I'm just picturing a, a plastic bag now floating around a defensive field. I'm bro, hungry. He had yeah. se- he ate seven and a half rookies. His first bag. snack. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, he had seven and a half of something. Where yeah, stats get a little blurry at night. But uh, sure. yeah, like uh, like Brian Brian Burns for 2020. There you go. So go buy him with your wallet before you have to get out your checkbook, as you put here in the. There you go. Bobby. Thank you, Josh. He's sorry. Forgot that part. I love that, Bobby. <laughs> Wave your hat around. Wave is your that, hat that, around. Is that, is that a right there. You make that up. I come up with. It all by myself. I love it. We have to just shout to get the blood pumping a little bit here as we near 10 o'clock. So uh, let's keep it moving here, fellas. We're doing good on the pace. Shaq Thompson. We love Shaq Thompson. Yeah, this is uh, give us all the Shaq Thompson. I have him as my LB7. We've talked about it here. Um, Kyle, what was the team with the most vacated targets on offense? Uh, it depends on which website, but it's either going to be the 
uh, Falcons or the Texans? Falcons or the Texans. The equivalent for vacated tackles in IDP is Carolina. You're losing all of Luke Keekley and Eric Reed's tackles. So we just love, God, this is great. Look for opportunity and look for vacated tackles because if there's no competition um, there uh, in that p- certain position group and there are tackles to be had from guys that have left, that's how you end up with someone like Shaq Thompson. So, Woo. Addy, I just think uh, this is the year just to let it rip with Shaq. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, that team was graded, I think, maybe the worst against the run last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, having lost Keekly and Reed <laughs> and bringing in all these young guys, it's not going to get much better. So, um, so yeah, Shaq's going to be out there a lot. Shaq, I don't think he's, I don't think he's that, I mean, he's not on Keekly's level or anything like that, mm-hmm. but, uh, he's, he's just going to be, a, he's going to be out there. He's going to be the guy there. He's going right. to play a hundred percent of snaps if he's up for yeah. it. So mm-hmm. I think I have him like linebacker four, maybe. Yeah. Very high on Shaq Thompson. Bobby, I, I loved your note here. Yeah. Shaq's going to be breaking backboards all year. <laughs> It's true. Just shattering him, just pulling him down on top of his head. Um, So we had this really fun segment, Kyle, where we had my wife come out and rank the hottest, most attractive Mm -hmm. defenders in the NFL. And she settled on Tahir Whitehead as the most attractive defender. So give Tahir a little Google search here while we're talking. Give me your thoughts. She thought he had very much like a Calvin Klein underwear model type Mm -hmm. look to him. Very like catalog, uh, very you know, kind of this professional model type of appeal. So, uh, your chiseled face, Adam loves chiseled anything. It's that's his go-to adjective. What what are you thinking? Are you seeing the pics? What do you think about all to hear? I, he's a good looking man. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's where she came down. He went to temple. So maybe he's got a Matt rule connection too. So exactly. Beautiful. Nicely That's done. I didn't even think about in. that. Yeah. He's like, mm-hmm. hey, Temple guy's got to be a good football player. Um, guy, why not? Absolutely. We are very much like we love Matt Milano, another guy that uh, mm-hmm. was uh, on the list of best looking NFL defenders. We are easily swayed by things that are very stupid. Mm-hmm. You will learn this about us as you tune in more to the show this year. Um, and attractiveness of the defender, very important, Addy, <laughs> in terms of criteria. Yes, sir. So we've got, I've got to here as my linebacker 36. I'd love to have him as my LB four, kind of a bi-week fill in flex mm-hmm. type of guy. Yep. Um, super but cheap, super cheap. I think he's probably going undrafted a lot of places, honestly. Yeah. So uh, we can burn through a couple of these guys here. Next up, uh, Dante Jackson. Remember when Dante Jackson was a thing, Bobby, you watched the, uh, the all or nothing season with the Panthers. Remember Dante Jackson yeah. having these like explosive outbursts in the locker room. Bad look for him. It was not a good look for Dante Jackson. He was once upon a time, a very hot IDP option. I know I had him the year. It was like him and uh, the guy who's in New York now that James used to be there. Bradbury. James Bradbury. Thank you. We're like cornerback one and two. Um, and uh, I went and looked. Jackson was absolute garbage last year. CB 61. So we're going to move on. Um, this was a crazy stat. Did you all know that Trey Boston played 100% of snaps last year for the Carolina Panthers? He's just a journeyman. Not, not too surprising. Yeah. Hey, hey Josh. Yes. Did, did you know that a pig cannot stare up into the sky? Is that right? Yeah. I just thought we were going through some useless stats. That's uh, <laughs> and now I watched the movie Babe, and it seemed like the pig could kind of look up at the. No, at, can't it's do movie. it. It's a movie, Josh. It's, it's a robot. It's a robot pig. So, uh, pig. 
That'll do. I love that, Bobby. There that you go. On the nose. You are killing it with the references. Tonight. Kyle, have you introduced your kids yet to Babe, the uh, early 90s classic with the talking pig? I, I have not. We did watch Mulan, though, tonight. Oh, yeah. Is that the new Mulan or the, the cartoon? The cartoon. Okay. I was going to say, you got the talking, what is it? The talking bug? The talking little lizard? Yeah, the Eddie Murphy dragon thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. I was going to say, I knew there was some kind of talking animal in there somewhere. So, um, yeah, the new Mulan coming to Disney Plus. Oh, and you can rent it for $30. So there you Spo- go. A, sp- a sponsor of the show, right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got the Disney Plus money. Can't you tell? It's tonight's sponsor. Uh, yeah, exactly. So let's wrap up here, Bobby. One of our favorites, Jeremy Chin. Um, he's the DB19 for me. Same argument as Shaq Thompson. Tackles mm-hmm. galore, Addy. Mm-hmm. Yep. You got him in it. You got him even higher. You got him at DB8. Yeah. I mean, defense sucks. You know, Chin will be counted on immediately. Um, we saw Eric Reed. He averaged about nine tackles a game, finishes a safety two. I mean, uh, I think Chin's going to slot right in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bobby, we know you love you some Chin. Oh, yeah. You know, and shout out to Addy, you know, for that memorable, you know, Thank goodness that Carolina passed on the double M for the double N. Yes, sir. Beautiful mind. Beautiful mind. That's one way to put it. All right. So, Kyborg, we appreciate you hanging in there. You doing okay? The, the, the energy. If you need to bop off to get some coffee, we uh, we want you know. If you need to take a brief, you want to just not you know go ahead and head on. If out. you just want to leave, uh, we we will not <laughs> we will not be mad. Um, you know, it's later where you're at. That's right. But. Uh, we appreciate you hanging in there. We're going to roll through these next couple teams here. Well, this next team, we can't overlook the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is, uh, I think it's going to be Addy's Super Bowl this pick is, by the time it's well, all said and we done. We may spend about 45 minutes on this one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the New Orleans Saints, um, obviously a team that has a lot of continuity. We're going to see some familiar names here on the projected starters. On offense, you have Drew Brees, a quarterback, of course, Alvin, Kam- uh, Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray at running back. Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, and Traquan Smith at wide receiver, and Jared Cook at tight end. At defensive tackle, you have Sheldon Rankins and David Anyamata, and Cameron Jordan and Marcus Davenport at defensive end. Demario Davis, Zach Bond, and Alec Anzalone at linebacker. Marshawn Lattimore, Janoris Jenkins, and PJ Williams at cornerback, and Malcolm Jenkins and Marcus Williams at safety. So, Drew Brees starting on the offensive side of the ball. QB 10 off the board right now. Give me all that. Uh, this is something I've thought about more and more. Once I heard uh, Sigmund Bloom articulate, gravitate towards the teams with continuity at quarterback and head coach. They are the ones who are going to have the best chance at success in this coronavirus world. So it sounds like they're keeping them all holed up in a, in a hotel. They've already rented out a hotel. So that's smart. Very smart. So you hope that maybe they all stay healthy. Um, Kyle, do you hate the saints? As a fan, I hate them, but in terms of like just pure football, I respect the crap out of them in the sense of like they know what they're doing. They've had a ton of bad luck, mm-hmm. but um, no, I, I mean, I, as a Falcons fan, I'm terrified to play the Saints mm-hmm. just because I, I know that they're going to usually steamroll on offense. Breeze usually makes just great decisions. And um, I, if they give the ball to Kamara or Thomas, I mean, I just, we're not going to be able to defend it. We can't yeah. defend anyone, anyways. Yeah, that seems to, I mean, that's is that your biggest rival? Oh yeah, but yeah, people hate the Saints here. 
Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of like as a Colts fan, Brady. yeah, the Titans are the kind of the biggest rival for us. It usually it usually is in your own division. I feel like yeah. since you play them twice a we year, we also hate Brady here. So there you well, go. of course, yeah. I mean, oh, and especially and now. now he's in the division. So Man, um, that's gonna be a lot of. Fun. If there were gonna be fans in the stands, I'm sure there'd be a lot of 28 to three signs that you all would have to put up with when you play Tampa Bay. <laughs> that's another thing too. Uh, two points: Drew Brees not licking his fingers anymore. I do have to knock him down a couple notches sure. because of that. Not gonna be able to grip the ball. Maybe some more interceptions with that old man arm. That's the middle. Exactly. You're thrown off your rhythm. It's like a pitcher who can't get sure. into the groove. Um, also. Um, all these like home field advantage stats that we talk about, like home and road splits, I feel like that's going to be very watered down this season because a lot of these stadiums you're going to be walking into have zero fans. So anything that may have caused you not to play your best, um, you know, maybe isn't there when the uh, season kicks off. We'll see. So uh, a running back that I think we all love, so we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on him, Alvin Kamara. Running back three for me right now, uh, but Please, Taysom Hill, just stay on the sideline when the Saints get into the red zone, if you don't mind. We don't need you running in these uh, you know, touchdowns or catching a pass from Drew Brees. Uh, that's my only kind of fly in the ointment with Kamara, uh, Kyborg. Is there anything with Kamara that you're looking at that gives you any kind of pause, or is it just wheels up? Uh yeah. I mean, just it was a it was a weird year for him last year. If you look like his 10 zone attempts. He had 34 10 zone attempts in 2018. He only had 14 last year. So it was just a weird fluky year. Uh, And he's had, if you look at his stats, he's had 81 receptions all three years, like exactly 81. But his ADOT last year was negative 0.35, meaning like most of his targets were behind the line of scrimmage. And so he just wasn't getting um, those giant open field, like 60 yard touchdowns that we're used to. So I think he's going to bounce back. Um, I, I, I'd take him, you know, as the RB four right now, uh, easily. Yeah, Bobby, I know you've said before, and it's a bit of a hot take, kind of like, uh, Kyle saying that, uh, Curtis Samuel was going to be a top 24 wide receiver. You think Kamara finishes as the RB one this season preach, yep. preach at us. That's it. That's all it needs to be said. <laughs> well, you know, some kind of argument uh, might. Uh... C- CMC has a new head coach. You know, they have a new, um, you know, quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Bridgewater and his relationship with Alvin Kamara and kind of what they did last year in those couple games that Teddy played could probably be analyzed a little bit. Um, and then Saquon, I think, is awesome, but I'm just not a big believer quite yet in Daniel Jones in that offense. So. Man, I just think that Kamara is going to be Drew Brees' second best friend. I'll tell you who his best friend is going to be here in a minute. It's Taysom Hill. Um, oh. it's, it's, <laughs> Taysom, it, it's Taysom Hill's fingers. He's going to lick those instead. <laughs> I, saw oh. stat, I saw a stat that Drew Brees has only completed one pass that traveled more than 35 yards in the air <laughs> since 2017. Holy cow. That? No, where did that come from? I just saw it on Twitter, Twitter the other day. I don't know wow. if it's accurate, but I mean, it seemed like it he doesn't go, you know, I don't feel like he's a big down the field kind of passer at this stage in his career. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I mean, I can't remember the last time. Like I think Traquan, uh, Traquan Smith may have caught a, a long one or two. Ted Ginn. Yeah. Ted Ginn. Yeah. But it's been a bit, right? It's I don't been, think he did it at all. I mean, truly last year, I don't remember any. But bombs. no shout out to Jason 
um, on y'all's baller show and I was mowing and I don't even know what episode it was tonight, but you know, he was talking about how Drew Brees like loves all these records and like how he's going to be like really chasing a bunch of these hard this year. So man, Drew Brees could honestly be like a top man. I don't even know, like a top three quarterback. I don't care that he doesn't run the ball. Um, the weapons that he has around him this year, especially in Sanders is freaking ridiculous. Yeah. If you have, if you throw 50 touchdowns, you don't really need the, uh, yeah. the rush, the rushing attempts to be there. So uh, Latavius Murray, just worth bringing up Addy, as you have christened, this is the year of the handcuff trademark big three. Uh, it seems like Murray would be a high priority target. Uh, if you're looking at, well, yeah. what happens if this guy goes down? It's a nice little stash to have. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the games last year when, when, uh, AK went out, I mean, he was huge some weeks, like, like, a, like finishing like top three, you know, among running backs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talented guy. A few times, I believe. Yeah. Nice backup there in a high powered offense. Um, uh, Michael Thomas, let's talk about another guy kind of like Christian McCaffrey was a league winner last year. Another fun stat. I teased it earlier. Scored 100 more points last year than the wide receiver two. Wowzers. That is simply incredible. Um, any kind of, as you've been doing this research, Kyle, to get ready for both the DFS show and uh, your editor in chief duties, anything that has jumped out to you that would give you pause or make you reconsider having Michael Thomas as your wide receiver one right now? Um, well, one, he, he's only 27. So you know what that means? Uh, grown man strength. Yeah, that's exactly what it means. Um, I mean, he can't, I don't think he can sustain 149 catches. Um, especially with Emmanuel Sanders, um, in town. I just, I wonder if, if how defenses like look at him this year, I know he can get open at will. And if you look at his route tree, like in, in reception perception, it's just like, green it's just like every single part of it this guy knows how to get open but um he's not really running those nine routes so like nothing not really running posts so you're looking at somebody who's like drags and curls and 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 it works um so uh, i could see the yardage going down a lot more as well but um he should be the the first wide receiver drafted i mean i think i think julio's like the player that i could just see like blow up um and I think Devontae Adams, I wouldn't, if somebody drafted him as the wide receiver one, I, I, I have no like issues with that. But Thomas is the safe pick. I probably wouldn't draft him until about the seventh or eighth pick. Right now, I'd rather pick five or six running backs before him. But uh, yeah, he's the wide receiver one. And I think one of our stats was he scored more in his home games than Odell Beckham did for the entire year. Wow. So <laughs> there's only eight, eight, eight games and the wow. saints were awesome on the road. They, they were seven and one on the road uh, the last two years as well. So like, this is a freaking good team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, that's a searing indictment of the Cleveland Browns <laughs> operation in 2019. Good Lord. Turning Odell Beckham into a punchline stat right there. That's not, uh, not a good look there. Freddie kitchens. What's kitchens doing right at this moment, Adam, what do you think? Uh, he's probably naked on a beanbag somewhere <laughs> with, with Cheeto dust on his fingers for sure. Um, all right. Emmanuel Sanders. It is exciting to me that they are finally going to have at least in recent memory, a wide receiver too. That is really like a top shelf kind of guy, not the Ted Gins and Traquan Smiths of the world. Emmanuel Sanders is one of the 
toughest guys, you know, that we have seen in the NFL in recent memory, super talented. I mean, he didn't take the 49ers to a Super Bowl, but he was a big piece of getting them there. And so I'm really excited. Kyle, I know the ballers, I think it may have been Andy was uh, they were a little bit down on Sanders uh, in New Orleans this year. How are you feeling about the newcomer coming down to uh, to the Saints? I think this is one of those we like him better as a football player than as a for fantasy this year. Um, I saw that you drafted him in our listener league. I remember because I I had him queued up. Josh, he's on your team, um, so I don't mind him as like a wide receiver four. But I think like when we think of Sanders, we're like, okay, this guy can just be a, a wide receiver too. You know, he's a PPR machine. I mean, he had some monster seasons uh, for those Broncos. But uh, I just think that it's not there. And Breeze actually isn't the volume passer that that we used to. Like, if you look at their games, if you just look at Vegas totals, like they were under in a ton of games last year, like way more than you would think for Saints games. And so um, he's going to go after those records. Like Breeze is going to go after that. But I can't see Sanders, you know, getting peppered. Like if he hits over, I don't know, 110 targets like that, that's an awesome season for him. I I can't see that happening. Yeah. Addy, I know you've been a a Sanders believer and Sanders truther for a while. Do you like his setup more this year in new Orleans than what he had in San Francisco last year? Yes, I think so. I mean, I just like, I like the quarterback better. You know, I like breeze over, over Jimmy G. Um, yeah, I think Emmanuel is going to be pretty solid this year. I, I do think that he's going to he's going to uh, eat into Michael Thomas's targets. Um, and I guess back on Michael Thomas, I mean, really everything lined up perfectly for Thomas last year to to lead the league in, in targets. You know, the way he did. Um, I don't. I, that's going to be a lot tougher to do this year with the healthy AK and, and Emmanuel Sanders coming in. Um, but yeah, I mean, big Sanders fans. I, there's just so many good receivers. So that's where it's kind of tough to like pencil them as a, as a, as a top 24. I mean, I like him, but I, I don't, like Kyle said, I don't really want him as anything more than my wide receiver four. Yeah. It's where you draft them. Yeah. Don't, don't be blinded by the, you know, the name and the, the landing spot really look at, okay, what's the most likely outcome for him in this offense. And it's not a top 24 finish. Yeah. Uh, and unless, unless Michael, uh, Michael Thomas goes down, then maybe we can talk about it, but uh, moving on to Traquan Smith, Bobby, I'm just going to let you take this here. Cause I really loved your comment on Traquan Smith. I just hope he brought a coloring book to use on the sidelines. Yeah. Not a phone or, you know, a little tablet to watch that, just a coloring book. So we, we know what you've been doing, uh, you know, uh, while you're eating your morning bowl of cereal, Bobbo. That's it. Absolutely. Josh grabbing the nearest coloring book. I I truly don't mind trick one. I mean, he's, he's, I thought you were going to say, I truly (laughs) love coloring books. I do like coloring books. They're, uh, They're a lot of fun. Uh, Isn't Traquan the one last year that Breeze looked at him and was like, dude, I like you. Like, I trust you. Is that him? I'm not sure. No, that nope. was his fingers. He was talking to his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought he had one of those guys that he was talking about that he had faith in. It might not have been Traquan, but anyways. Yeah. Uh, Jared Cook, he was the tight end seven in 2019, kind of surprisingly. Um Kyle, do you think we could see an even higher finish in 2020? Or is it kind of like the wide receiver position where there's just so many other guys this year that we expect to rise up that inevitably that's going to bump Jared Cook down? Yeah, if you think that he's going to get the, you know, 
the touchdowns like he did last year, especially the second half, then like he's worth a shot. He just has such low volume. I think he averaged like four and a half targets per game. And, and the tight end landscape, that's not too bad. I put here here's a stat for you. Twenty one percent of his catches were touchdowns last year. So Dang. you know, I just I I can't bank on that happening again. Uh, Jared Cook's actually from around here. Um, I saw him play in high school. Uh, so I feel like, and he's always had this kind of like same, like underwhelming uh, feeling in terms of fantasy. And I feel like people are buying into him now, but the dude is, is old. He's getting up there. He can run seam routes. You know, he's a, he's a yards per reception guy. So like he has these giant kind of totals at the end of the year, yardage wise. But I have not drafted him in one league this year. I'd rather take a shot on like, Fant or Johnny Smith or Hayden Hurst or Gusecki, um, because I just feel like there's a chance for them to blow up where I just can't see Cook getting more than like 45 to 50 catches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 21% catches for touchdown that is a that's an insanely high number. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, um, I mean, Cook's he's still pretty cheap. I guess he's a he's a decent like streaming option for you if you if you know if you carry mm-hmm. two tight ends. Yeah. Uh, I think I took him as my tight end too in this in the listener league. For so. honestly, I'm I'm really excited about Adam Troutman. I think he's going to be really good there. Yeah, I think you're speaking Bobby's love language. Bobby, do you have on your your main our main league here your roster of rookies where you no. own about fifty percent of the 2020 class? You don't have Troutman. No I've got, Troutman. I've got Troutman everywhere in like pretty much every league I'm in, except yeah. RSO. Yeah. I don't, okay. if, I don't know if Troutman is necessarily like rosterable. Um, this year, but I think he's probably going to hurt Cook a little bit. I think Troutman will see the field some this year and All take right. away one of uh, Jared Cook's uh, 21 targets, whatever Kyborg just said. <laughs> 20, <laughs> That's exactly what he said. 21% of finger licks. Um, so I'm just, I'm all about the finger licking right now. I'm thinking about fried chicken and how good it is. Um, so let's talk some defense here. And um, gosh, this offense, obviously, we know it has got some serious firepower, but this defense, Addy, is pretty nice as well. And we're going to talk about two guys here uh, right off the top, one of whom, uh, Cameron Jordan. I really do believe that he deserves to be talked about among the Bosas, the Hunters, the Garretts of the world, but he doesn't get the love because he's on this offensive first team and he's 30-plus years old. But we should give some more love to Cameron Jordan, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, Cameron Jordan's face is on the grown ass man Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Absolutely, no it's hundred percent. No doubt about it. So he had eighty three pressures last year. This was third in the league um, behind Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter. His fifteen and a half sacks that was a career high. He just clicked over to thirty one. Again. Grown ass man, this is it. He's probably, I think it's Clayus Campbell, then I think it's Cameron Jordan, then probably Akeem Hicks, and then maybe Grady Jarrett's coming up on, you know, hold up three. <laughs> it's amazing. This is that you've got to write this article. Like, I feel like I we could really get some traction with this. I know we, we do, uh, it, would, it would do everything for us, no doubt. <laughs> but Adam's like, I heard you say writing though, and I'm gonna have to pass. Uh, Maybe that could be Kyborg, uh, an IDP assignment that we could throw. We could just sneak into the baller site. They would never know, right? Uh, grown ass. Yeah, man. what's this grown ass man <laughs> rankings on the fantasy footballers website? What are these defensive players doing on our site? Yeah, exactly. What is this most handsome ranking? I mean, I don't disagree. To hear Whitehead's a looker. Um, so, oh Bobby, gosh. 
quick, give yeah. me your Cameron Jordan take here. Yeah, he's great. He's great. He's going to be great this year. <laughs> Bobby, I just love it. I come to you for a quick take, and every time you deliver. So let's go over to his defensive inmate here, Marcus Davenport. Um, this, let's not forget. The Saints traded back up into the first, mm-hmm. passed on taking Lamar Jackson. I actually thought at the time watching that draft, they were going to take Lamar as Drew Brees' replacement, but they grabbed Davenport instead. So they want this breakout to happen. Will it, though? I'm optimistic, but I'm not taking Davenport inside my top three defensive ends. He's currently defensive lineman 39 for me, Bobby. Uh, what's your? Give me your temperature on Davenport right now. As long as he can stay healthy, I really like Marcus Davenport for this year. Um, Marcus Davenport and Cameron Jordan combined for 19 and a half sacks through the first 12 games of last year. Uh, he's only 23. He gets to learn behind a grown man. All he needs to do is just stay healthy. I like I like Marcus. You know, his ADP is super, super deep this year. Um they're going to get the help of Sheldon Rankins again this year at D tackle. That line is is very very underrated right now. I think. Yeah, let's talk about the next guy here, Addy Sheldon Rankins. Um, only played in ten games last season, uh, about thirty uh, percent of snaps, about three hundred and thirty two snaps. Scored just thirty four points in RSO. Yeah. Um, so I think if you have like insanely deep rosters, maybe. But I'm I'm just not I'm not into it. No, he was coming off the Achilles from the year before. So I think he missed mm-hmm. the first six games. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, not someone really I'm, I'm too worried about. Yeah. Maybe pay attention to the wire. If he gets the snaps, if he gets the opportunity, like see the, if he I pops like his last name. Rankins. Yeah. Rankins. That's right. We put him. In, we got him on our site. I think I disagree a little bit with y'all there. I think Rankins is a nice little D tackle to have for this year. You know, y'all jump into the uh, IDP update with uh, Joey, the tooth and uh, Joey talks about, Rankin's 2018 stats, he had 40 tackles, 12 tackles for loss, and eight sacks. And uh, Joey really thinks that Sheldon is is healthy for this year. So, um, you know, he talks a little bit about how once somebody gets hurt, you know, and they're, you know, a little bit older and they're, you know, up in their late 20s, people start to forget about him a little bit. But Joey's still big on Rankin's, and I'm a big Joey fan. Yeah, Joey did have a nice uh, nugget there about how he had the surgeries to like fix these certain things. I think one of them was like a bone spur. So like it was it was good to hear like, okay, he actually got the stuff taken care of that was hindering him. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a nice little Rankins breakout there. Um, Demario Davis, I've said it before, I think that. Uh, Cameron Jordan, Demario Davis might be the most kind of underappreciated, disrespected duo on any NFL defense. He was the linebacker 14 last year ahead of Luke Keekley and Devin Bush. We all strangely enough have him as the LB 20, but Eddie, what are the odds that he finishes higher than that? Probably pretty good. Yeah. I mean, right. going to be, yeah, he's going to be the guy on defense that gets the most tackles. Um, yeah. He's just, he's always going to, you know, outperform where he's drafted. That's just kind of been his thing the last few years. So. That's right. Bobo, give us your, uh, give us your take here. Yeah, love it. He had four sacks weeks uh, 10 to 17 to the end of the year. He's just one of those guys. It's not a super fancy name, but he just produces. Yeah. So Zach Bond, uh, Bobby, I know this was a guy you wanted to talk about. I think you have Zach Bond, right? I do. Yeah, I do have Zach Bond. So this year. Interested for Dynasty, not for redraft. What are what do you like about Bond that made you want to acquire him? Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those 
you know, we're in Twitter hype season right now and all the, you know, coaches are just saying that he's doing and saying the right things. And I don't, we'll get to it real fast, but I don't think Kiko Alonso or Nigel Bradham are going to be anything for this year. So I think Bond actually probably sees the field a little bit more for 2020 than we think, but he's definitely a nice little dynasty stash. Yeah, I'm not interested in Kiko Alonso unless you get points for ejections. Um, Kyle, I know you remember that hit on Joe Flacco where Joe got up looking like he just woke up on a couch after like a you know fraternity house bender. That's, <laughs> I feel uh, like Kiko Alonso has been on like four teams. Didn't he yeah. get traded from uh, LaShawn McCoy that one year? Yes. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. on the Eagles, the Bills, the Dolphins. Yeah, he's been all over the place. Saints. Yeah, not not a not a beloved player in any respect uh, by by much of anybody. So we hate him. Yes, he's the he's <laughs> the worst. Like he's a, he's a villain. I hate was, him. He on the, was he in the good looking awards? Like did he absolutely make it? Not, not absolutely not, not, not. No, not the one named Kiko. Kiko Alonso. He ugly. So uh, let's uh, talk about Malcolm Jenkins here. Uh, Addy, as we know, the dude got paid a lot of money. Yeah. He's the really only option there. Von Bell, don't forget, safety seven in 2019. So if we like Shannon inheriting this opportunity from Eric Reed, you have to like Malcolm Jenkins, even as an older player, stepping into that Von Bell role. Definitely. Yeah. And he's I got him as my safety two in the listener league. Uh, I'm sure it was after, you know, safety 20. Um, but it, it, the discount you're getting is because of his age, but it, I don't care. I mean, we see older safeties produce top 10 numbers literally every year. I mean, Eric Reed, great example. He's not quite as old as Malcolm Jenkins. Jenkins is one of the older safeties in the league. I feel like Bethea was still up there. Yeah, last Bethea, year. I, I mean, he, just I think he's about keeps producing. Yeah, so, he, he's um, going to be on the AARP list here pretty soon. Um, so, yeah, uh, Bob, I think we're all in agreement here. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins, awesome pick as your safety, safety too. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Yeah. So, do we just, you said safety one. I think I said safety two. Where do we want to come down on this? Oh, no, I mean, I, I think uh, I think I said he's a safety one. I, I back in safety one. Back in safety one. So the perfect kind of safety to grab. Yeah, eleven, yeah, twelve. Right love it, me. All right, so Kyle, you've made it to the last team and you haven't fallen asleep. So we're going to send you a fruit basket as a note of appreciation. Thank mm-hmm. you for hanging in there. You knew mm-hmm. we weren't going to make it in ninety minutes, and you were right. So <laughs> tip of the cap to you for knowing the big three that well. But we get to end here on a fun note. I don't know that there's any team that I am more interested to see outside of my beloved Indianapolis Colts in week one than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is a completely different team than we have seen um, in years past. A lot of exciting additions here, guys that we expect to take that next step on both sides of the ball. So let's run through it and see where we come down on these fantasy targets. So offense, the goat is now the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady, Ronald Jones, LaShawn McCoy, and Keyshawn Vaughn. You can throw Daria Agumba Wale in there if you want at running back. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller, Justin Watson, and Tyler Johnson. Are Scotty, Justin, and Tyler the three whitest names that we've <laughs> like they were on the fraternity volleyball team, right? Yeah. Wearing mm-hmm. the visors yeah. with the shirts off. A little bit of suntan oil. No doubt. I love it. Okay. So those are your wide receivers. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, OJ Howard, and Cameron Brait at tight end. Defense, Vita Vea and Dominican Sue, Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul along the defensive line. You have Levante David and Devin White at linebacker. 
Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy Bunting. Pay attention here because these are the Tampa Bay cornerbacks, which could be the fly in the ointment for this team this year because who recognizes any of those names? No, not, I, not great. I, I remember picking on them for DFS last year because they were getting destroyed, especially yeah. Murphy Bunting. Mm-hmm. That is not a, a IDP play for real. Yeah, for real. As far as like, um, you know, guys that get picked on and are going to have tackle opportunities. Yeah. But it's surprising to me they didn't address that. But we'll get to that. Jordan Whitehead, Antoine Winfield Jr. at safety. So we'll talk about the defense here in just a second. There's some guys I'm very excited for. But Addy, I'm not as sky high on Tom Brady uh, as you are. I think he's easily top 12. That offense is going to be electric. And I know there's been concerns. What if this whole Tampa Bay thing just goes totally off the rails? Tell me the last time that's happened with a Tom Brady led offense point to one year where they have been a total train wreck. Yeah. I mean, obviously this is a totally different situation. New, uh, new coach, new team, all that stuff. Um, But it's Tom Brady. And I mean, it's going to Bruce Aaron's going to make it tailor made to what he wants to do. And um, we've never seen Tom with with this this type of talent around him. Um, yeah, you boys know I'm excited. I, I, I think we're, I think we're looking at uh, 5000 yards and like 40 touchdowns. <laughs> it's going to go up. Kyle, you watch. He'll be saying 6000 yards and 60 touchdowns before <laughs> this pod's over. Let me ask you this, Kyle. This is, I think, a good litmus test. Fantasy football wise. Is Tom Brady going to have a better season than what we saw from Jameis Winston last year? No, no way. Oh, okay. With with, with Jameis from the picks. <laughs> well, it depends on your scoring with the picks, but um, yeah, I mean, five thousand passing yards. Um, that's not going to happen in this offense. I I cannot see Brady sustaining that. And you just look at the air yards, just the type of uh, passer that he is, the type of targets um, is just, he's a different player. And with, with Winston, I li- I mean, yes, 30 interceptions is bad. I like that. He could do three or four interceptions and still end up as a top five quarterback that week. So, um, and I'm, I'm also talking about DFS here too, where you'd like a quarterback that's just going to go for it, but I cannot see him surpassing in terms of the yardage total. No way. Did y'all hear that ESPN is going to do a 30 for 30 on Jameis? Yeah. He's, his, get, uh, he's getting the MJ treatment, right? His 30 and 30. Oh, Jameis. I thought you were talking about Tom Brady. <laughs> you ruined it, John. I'm sorry, Bobby. That needed to be ruined, though. That was uh, that was oh, bad. That was, that, that was real bad. That was bad. That was a bad one. I'll take it. All right. Uh, Ronald Jones. Addy, I just have to ask you. You've been getting into it in our Slack. Is Ronald Jones the greatest running back on this team or Ever. perhaps the Ever. greatest running back of all time? Yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely the goat. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I mean, he is—he's uh, in a league of his own. We're all lucky and blessed to uh, get to watch him every every week. He was Did you see in the movie A League of His Own? He was in yes. that one. He was. He was making none of the people miss. I mean, did you see all these guys whose ankles he broke? Oh, it was unbelievable. I it couldn't that, believe uh, it. Yeah. That, ooh, that scary Carolina defense. That oh, that wretched Atlanta Falcons defense. <laughs> oh, so scary. Kyborg's like, I'm sitting right here. Hello. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I I can't wait to see Keyshawn Jones, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn out there, man. I, I think uh, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be pretty apparent early on who's who the better running back is. I know that uh, I know that Kyle drafted him, um, 
But uh, dude. You're 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 wrong, Cal. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's kind of like he's gonna get the run early in the season. I don't I don't disbelieve what Arians is saying. We he, know he's have most attempts. I think yes, yes. He Arians loves veterans, and that's Rojo on this team in terms of experience uh, with the Buccaneers. But here's how I see it shaking out. And Kyle, tell me what you think here. I I don't think Lashawn McCoy makes the team. I think he gets cut. Um. And so I think that Arians, um, he does love his vets, but I think he loves talent more than veteran presence. And for me, the winner in that category is Keyshawn Vaughn. So at the end of the season, when you're playing in your fantasy championships, I think Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be the guy on the field. If you want to give, you know, Dari the hand the handcuff status, that's fine. Um, Maybe maybe um, Ronald Jones does lead the team in attempts, but I think that fantasy wise, I want to have Keyshawn Vaughn. What say you, Mister Kyborg? Yeah, I, I have Vaughn in dynasty in a couple of places, so I like him a lot for the future. And I I think that takes right where at the end of the year, Vaughn could be more valuable. It's to me, it's the attempts. Uh, Peyton Barber had twenty two red zone attempts last year, including ten inside the five. I think that's going to be Jones um, in our listen in this listener league. I drafted Jones. I think the end of the seventh round. So at that point as my RB four, I felt fine. I think where people are doing it wrong is where they're hyping up Ronald Jones. They're taking a zero RB type strategy and they're shooting for him in the sixth round as their you know, RB one. And, and that's just not something I want to, I want to do. Um, whoever, is in on passing downs who can protect Tom Brady. Uh, that's the player that I honestly want. And I think long-term it's Vaughn, but um, I mean, Arians has said a lot of stuff about Ronald Jones staying on the field. He hasn't been a great pass catcher um, in the NFL, but if he gets that early on and, and has that kind of steam, like, and stays with it. I mean, remember David Johnson's rookie year, like, Arians refused to put him on the field. The dude was returning kicks. I mean, he was awesome. Yeah. And, and still the, yeah. And the whole year he didn't put him in. And yeah. so he might just be hard headed like that. He definitely is. We know that that's true. He loves veterans. He also doesn't beat around the bush. Like he does not kind of try to pull the wool over people's eyes here. It's just, I don't know. Just with Keyshawn Vaughn, it feels like you can't win because you know, everyone's everyone's been talking shit about how he's old. He's already 23. It's like, well, dude, I mean, when's he, if so, if he's old now, when is he ever going to get his opportunity? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Isn't this now, is it now the time? Are you going to wait on Keyshawn Vaughn when he's 25? Yes. I don't know. Now's the time to cash in. (laughs) They're going like five picks away from each other. And Jones is probably going to rise up the draft boards, but earlier, I mean, they were, they were pretty close to one another. So you kind of just had to pick who you think the guy was. Yeah, I don't have either in redraft. I mean, I have a lot of Keyshawn and Dynasty, but uh, I don't know that I want it. I don't. I don't know. I don't think I want it in redraft. I think it's one of those we're just bored. I've said this before. Yes. We just get bored in the off season, and a guy that we all loved coming out of college, great landing spot. Bruce Arians wants a pass catching running back. Oh my gosh, here's Keyshawn Vaughn. This is great. And then we're just like, you know who sucks? Keyshawn Vaughn. <laughs> Screw that guy. We're out on Keyshawn. He's so yet yeah, the last month. I mean, it just happens. We do this as fantasy football fans. 
So, um, Bobby, I don't know. What's your what's your take? Let's wrap up here with uh, how do you think this backfield shakes out? Keyshawn Vaughn, so hot. Want to touch the high knee. Bobby, that was incredibly uncomfortable. Uh, and I'm probably going to edit it out of the final episode. I, I appreciate the reference, though. I'm, Thank I'm you, Borg. Great movie. <laughs> Thank you. That's, hey. maybe, that's maybe one you wait on to introduce the kids to. Here's the here's the debate though is what happens when Tom Brady goes over to Arians and he's like, dude, get Rojo out of here. I want somebody who I can throw to out of the backfield, and it's not going to be Dare or Goombawale, you know, because Brady only has so much time, and I think Arians knows that. Yeah. Oh, they love they love Rojo so much that they brought in Keyshawn Vaughn and Lashawn McCoy. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Adam. Thank that's, you, Adams. That's that's how we end up with Lashawn McCoy's corpse out there, Mister uh, Inactive for the Kansas City Chief uh, World Champions. Also, insert Cam Akers joke right here. <laughs> uh, we won't do that to you, Bobby. Um, so this okay. This next two players here, I'm really. I don't know, confused, torn. I don't know what the right adjective is, Kyborg. Help me understand these Tampa Bay wide receivers. How should we be valuing them? Who should we be drafting ahead of the other? What should our expectations be? Help me make sense of the uh, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. I just don't know what to do. I feel like Evans is just getting buried um, in a lot of drafts. I think we forget the first you know, weeks 1 through 14 last year, he was the wide receiver three behind Chris Godwin. Like he, he was right there. And so um, I remember he got injured like on a TD catch and then had to come out. So, um, I mean, I think his chances of ending up ahead of Godwin are, are there Godwin, you know, the role that he plays, he took, you know, 60 something, 63% of his snaps from the slot. Um, that's what Brady's used to is those type of routes. And so there, I, that's why I think a lot of people are just kind of imbuing, um, those targets on Chris Godwin, whose real first name, by the way, is Rod. So his real name is Rod Godwin, by the oh, way. Oh, why did he not go with Rod? I mean, that's a sick Rod name, God. Rod Godwin. Yeah, Rod God. <laughs> I'm Rod, Rod Godwin. God, I love um, that. We got to get that movement started. Uh, wow. Rod, Rod and Rob. Ooh. There you go. Well, did you, so, uh, another fun fact, did you know that Julio Jones' first name is Quintoris? <laughs> Quintoris Lopez Jones. Not making this up. It is Quintoris. A lot of missed opportunities here. (laughs) That's one of my favorite things to throw in our uh, our show doc. So like Hayden Hurst, like in our show doc, it doesn't say Hayden Hurst. It says Hayden Randall Hurst. (laughs) He would be a Randall middle name. That just fits with that hair. Yeah. Um, But yeah, the the wide receivers. I would just I I'm actually passing on Godwin in drafts. because he's going as wide receiver four or five in a lot of drafts. And I just, I don't feel comfortable where he's at. Yeah. That's probably the play, right? Addy just, you know, let Godwin slide on pass, grab somebody else and then pick up Mike Evans later. If you like this Tampa Bay offense. Yep. Yeah. I think Mike Evans is going like in the third round in most drafts that I've been in. Um, so yeah, I love that. I mean, we remember uh, he's not, terrible with this type of receiver we saw what he did with randy moss i mean uh i know that his deep ball is not what it was but um bruce arians loves to take shots and like i mentioned before mike evans is usually like two sets behind these defenders anyway so yeah and his catch radius is insane just because he's so big mike evans is such a beast man i think uh y'all are sleeping on this this offense just a little bit 
Like Kyle's actually asleep. Yeah, Kyle is actually <laughs> sleeping. So I, I, I'm actually more down on this offense than I think I should be in terms of like I, I haven't been drafting almost any bucks other than Rojo in that one draft. Like I mean, I'm, I'm not drafting any bucks. Yeah, I just feel like hype is way too high for me. It is, it is tough because we've seen these kind of like new, like kind of uh, experiment t- type teams, like all these pieces, all the stars are aligning and all these new things are coming together. And in a season where the training camp is going to look different, there's no preseason. Yeah. I think that's worth mentioning. But again, I've, I've had the same doubts, Kyle. I'm like, we've seen this fail a lot in NFL history of the, the super teams, if you will, but it's Tom Brady, it's Bruce Arians. Right. It's, it's two top four wide receivers from fantasy last year. There's a lot of league winning potential in my, yes, opinion. I would agree. You know, mm-hmm. th- there's a lot of, um, I don't know, man. I just think they have a ton of upside. Usually you want to target pieces of offenses like that. So, yeah, it's like, what's the worst case scenario, Kyle, for for Tampa Bay in terms of like overall offensive finish? I think that most people that are high on them are seeing them as like a top five offense. What's the worst case scenario for Tampa Bay's offense? Man, I, I, they could finish somewhere in 15 to 20 range. Yeah, that's that was that was in my mind. They're they're no worse than a top 20 offense, right? Yeah, just in terms of yardage and I mean yeah I think just with Bruce I trust Bruce Arians and yes I trust Brady in terms of real football I mean they're projected for nine and a half wins but for fantasy um you know Brady hasn't been great for a while no but they I don't know they're just going to be in shootouts I think I think they were able to win differently in New England. Yeah, much better um, defense in New England. You know, right, and, and and Belichick just knows he just knows how mm-hmm. to win games. You know, win ugly. Yeah. Sure. He's proven that his whole career. Um, that's I don't think that's going to be the case. I think the defense, while they have some really nice pieces that we'll touch on, the they're, it's not that good. I mean, they, it's, it's it reminds me a lot of Kansas City. Yeah, you've got great some point. Nice like edge rushers. You've got a few nice pieces at linebacker. But outside of that, pretty thin. Yeah, not mm-hmm. not a great unit. Not a unit I want to go to battle and with. They're going to be going up against a lot of good offense. That's right. Jameis was the QB four last year. Let's not forget that. With thirty Six, picks, six hundred and twenty six passing attempts for fifty one hundred yards. How many? So is it thirty touchdowns for Jameis. Thirty three touchdowns to thirty interceptions. Thirty that's just, interceptions. That's just incredible. That's just, that's just what's crazy, man. I, that, what if ten of those were touchdowns? He's probably still a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If he doesn't end the season on a pick six, he's probably still a buck. That's what's so crazy. So, um, all right. We've talked about the wide receivers, the running backs, the tight ends. This is kind of a, an interesting situation as well, Kyle. I'm curious your take. I know we're all excited to have Robert. Uh, Robert. I always want to call him Robert. I don't know why. I'm trying to class him up a little bit. Uh, from you his, guys are you know, buddies. That's right. I, we, I call him Robert uh, in this in this show check. Um, it's fun to have him back in the mix away from New England. He's a bottom end, like top 12 guy for me. Um, but then you have OJ Howard and Cameron Brait in the mix as well. And in my mind, when Gronk is injured and OJ Howard gets gets benched, you're going to see this Cameron Brait have some relevance here. Kyle, talk me off the ledge here. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, don't jump. Um, but... Yeah, they're going to run two tight end sets. I mean, their their third wide receiver is going to be 
Scotty Miller may be running from the slot. I love Justin Watson. He won me a dynasty league this past year, but he's he's done. So they're going to run two tight end sets. Um, say what you will about OJ Howard. The dude can still block, and he's going to be in there and get some snaps. Brate's just more of a straight pass catcher. So um, we've seen what Brady can do with multiple tight ends. But for fantasy, I will, I'm not drafting either and redraft. Are you going after Gronk at all? No, I haven't I haven't got Gronk anywhere. Is is Gronk in your experience? I know you've done a lot of drafts too. Is he going pretty high in terms of tight ends off the board? He's still up there. Yeah, he's still mm-hmm. probably like in the top five or six, I'd say. Maybe, but, but you know, honestly, uh, he's probably in that. He's probably in that six to ten range. I got actually. you, Kyle. Is that what you've been he's, seeing as well? Yeah, he's going about tight end nine or ten, and the name recognition depends on the league. Where you'll see him go is like you were saying, Adam. Like he can go seven, six, seven, just because. Like, oh, if if you really are buying into this team and you think that he hasn't lost anything, then yeah, people are buying him. But I, I'm I'm not going for it. I mean, does uh, is there a tight end with you know a better chance at ten plus touchdowns? Big Gronk, yeah. Than Robert. Than Robert? <laughs> Probably not. Especially if he starts wearing like glasses on the field and put scarf. Yeah, like just glasses it up. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, Bobby, this is. Uh, I know you've had your ups and downs with OJ Howard. Um, you've got mm-hmm. some good, some good Cameron Brait stats in here. Hit us with your take on the tight end room. It's a little bit, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, rewind of Tom Brady's career, you know, 2011 was a little while ago, especially if 2020 this year, but Gronk and Aaron Hernandez that year combined for 169 receptions for 2,237 yards and 24 touchdowns. Um, and that roster also had Wes Welker who caught 122 balls for 1500 yards. Deion branch had 52 catches for 700 yards. Um, and when Gronk and Hernandez were both on the field, Brady had 31 touchdowns. Now, that's 2011, and it's 2020. Um, but I agree 100% with what Kyle's saying, that I do think that Tampa Bay is going to run out a bunch of two tight end sets. Now, whether it's Gronk and O.J. Howard or Gronk and Bray or freaking Bray and Howard, honestly, um, I think all these guys are equally – Unownable. I don't want any of them. I'm with Kyle as well. Except for yeah. Gronk. Maybe on Gronk. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I like Cameron Braid just because of the, the make Cameron Braid again. That's true. That was <laughs> one of my favorite slogans that's just come out. The last, maybe the last year for it. Let's hope. Let's hope. Um, all right. So that was the offense. We're going to whiz through the defense because um, – Kyle's, uh, you know, Bobby slipping. Right yeah, he's 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 <laughs> slipping deeper into the chocolate river. So, um, Shaq Barrett, Addy, um, I'm saying don't pay for 2019 stats, but don't discount them either. Like we can't just write this off as a total fluke. Um, he's LB 43 right now for me, just because of the LB designation. If he was defensive line, probably top 30. I wouldn't actually look to where I'd have him, and he was right around 29 or 30. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to project to have, what What do you have, 19? 19 sacks, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so I don't think that's going to happen again. But, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, I don't think he's going to have less than 15. I think he actually is really good. He's 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 got a lot of help there on the defensive line. So, yeah, I mean, and, and the way that they're going to, the games that they're going to be in, they're going to be in a lot of shootouts and be on the field a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like Shaq Baird a lot. 
Yeah. Jason Pierre-Paul, this is your love, baby. Love Jason Pierre-Paul. I'll let this you is, speak to the eight-fingered wonder. Yeah, this is probably um, this is probably my favorite uh, late target. I mean, he just, you know, he's going outside of the top 25. Um, but I think, I mean, I, I'm not going to be surprised if he's better than Shaq this year. Ooh, a little bit of a hot take there. Yeah. Um, yeah, Bob, are you in on the uh, JPP experience? Sounds great. He's cheap. He's cheap. Let's, let's He's cheap, on. and he has he, he has fifteen sack upside. I mean, it's it's a no brainer in my opinion. That's He's, right. He's cheap. Un he might be unowned right now, honestly, in most leagues. It's true. He's and really, he, really deep in drafts. If he's unowned, go snatch him up and send us a screenshot. People just forget about him. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Vita Vea, 66% of snaps last year, yet he finished as D-tackle 41. One of these guys that's a better NFL player than an IDP. I wouldn't say roster Vita Vea. I would say, however, roster and Dominican suit. D-tackle 13 last year. He is the D-tackle one from this team, Eddie. I don't mind Vea. I mean, he, he actually had 49 pressures last year, which was up there for uh, defensive tackles. That actually was more than Grady Jarrett, like we mentioned. Um, so, yeah, he just didn't get home in a lot of sacks. But uh, really, really good, really underrated. Also good hair. That's what it is. You can't, you can't stay away from the hair. You get him in a head and shoulders commercial. Um, all right, so the linebackers here. This is what I really wanted to talk about. Truly, I believe the most underappreciated NFL superstar of this decade is Levante David. Yeah. Dude played 99.47% of snaps last year, what finished a, as the slacker. I know, right? What was going on that other, what is that, 5.3% of the time? Mm. Uh, so 0.53% of the time, excuse me. Um, I've got him as the LB10. I love him if he's my linebacker one, Addy. Yeah, I mean, I think I had him as LB six. That's gonna be too high. To, you know, I, I don't recommend taking him that high. But this is someone that you can take. I mean, he's usually going in the LB fifteen to twenty range, just because I think people are bored with him. Um, but like I mentioned in one of the slacks, this guy is the discount Bobby Wagner. Mm -hmm. Discount Bobby Wagner. Agree. Guy that's just super solid, and. Um, yeah, you can get him uh, late, like you said. I think even on his own team, uh, you know, Devin White, Devin White is the is the juicier pick there. Yeah, so, um, mm -hmm. yeah, let's talk about Devin White, um, Bobby. Unless you've got a Levante David, uh, you know, hot take here. No, they're both great. Bobby, God bless you. You're just continuing to kill it. Uh, I wanted to bring this up on Devin White here before we get to the safeties. And then, Kyborg, I believe you have a question about this defense uh, yes. that, that we will get to. So, Devin White, I looked this up because I was curious on the playing time. Weeks 12 through 16, last year, he played 100% of snaps in all five games. It's very hard to hit 100% of snaps in a season but I really do believe Devin White is going to have that chance. I am so high on him this year. And we know that Bucks are as well. I mean, look at the playing time at the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. My Love favorite it. thing about Levante, and I think Adams touched on it, is just that hopefully, barring, you know, an NFL season actually happening, um, Levante David will actually get some play on uh, national television, which will be awesome for him and for Devin White because they're both really talented. That's Good for all those guys. It is. Yeah. Like yeah. five, I think five primetime games this year, yeah. I believe for the and, bucks. And you I literally go for it, Eddie. Oh, uh, this one. I mean, this wasn't really that big a deal, but I, I was going to say <laughs> Devin white is uh, always riding a horse around town. I don't know if you noticed this. <laughs> Wait, what? I thought he's He has a horse. He has like oh. a farm, but he's, he is, uh, he's a horse rider. 
Truly. I love that. He's a farm boy. Oh, wow. Uh, Bobby, DMs are in. I'm in the DMs now. <laughs> DMs are open if you want the horse rider. Uh, hey, I sold a farm him. this week. So sure I need did. He called Devin. Sure. All right. So, Thank you, Lord. Kybor, before we get into the safeties, hit us with your question on this defense. Just a, I mean, quick thought just with this offense last year being so high powered, lots of pick sixes, like it just seems like there's probably tons of snaps. Um, just, I mean, I, I saw a stat where like 12 of their 16 games hit the over. So my question is, is IDP question of, does that mean that there's opportunity because there's just so many snaps that this defense is facing because they're just always on the field? Is is that like a buy opportunity because you see the offense is just like they're going to, you know, put their foot on the gas? So my question, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's this is actually something that we talked about with Tom on Saturday's episode that was a good eye-opener for me, at least. I think there's this perception that when an offense, um, that, that, that the offense and defense snap counts is kind of a seesaw. And Tom has done the research, and it the, there's no evidence to suggest that bad offense means the defense is on the field a ton or vice versa. So um, that's something that was kind of eye-opening to me. Now, I think that there is opportunity here because you have guys that are candidates to play 100% of the snaps. You have guys that are locked in. So I don't know that there's necessarily, I want to draw conclusions, Addy, from the offense and whether they're going to be on the field a lot, but I do like some of these targets. Yeah, I mean, I think the 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 guys that we think will regress will be like Shaq Barrett, but there's a lot of guys that have, a, I think, a, an opportunity to take a step forward. I think Levante David is going to be very safe and going to be a consistent linebacker one. Same with Devin mm-hmm. White. Uh, but, we, you know, we talked about JPP. I think he has a chance to, to you know, go up another step and to finish as a top 12 option. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, fun team. Um but I don't know. I, I, I don't, yeah, I think Josh kind of hit on it. I, there's not really much correlation to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a good question because that's something I think that a lot of IDP players wonder is like, should I be paying attention to the teams with really bad offenses or offenses that are going to put the defense in situations to be on the field a lot, right? Because of all the interceptions. Um, I think there is maybe something to that, but that may yeah. have been a good um, a good upside to capture with Jameis Winston. Yeah, maybe if Drew Brees goes down week one and we see uh, Jameis as the QB in New Orleans, I'm more interested. Uh, but now with Tom Brady, you're not going to have 30 picks to get the defense some extra snaps. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you know they're going to be. I mean, they're going to be getting tested a lot, so I, I don't expect the snaps to decrease. I mean, because it, like we talked on, like we talked on, this defense is not that good. They will be. Uh, it, w- it shouldn't be hard to move the ball on them, and they're going to be facing good offense. They're not going to be getting a lot of fourth and outs. Right. I think there is something to be said for that, right. um, that you do want to look at, okay, these defenses are bad. They're probably going to be on the field a lot because they're not going to be able to stop anybody. So, yeah, I think there is uh, opportunity to capitalize there, Kyborg. So let's wrap up here, fellas. Jordan Whitehead, Addy. I didn't even have this guy rank, and I've seen you've been pumping him on Twitter. What's the deal with Mr. Whitehead? He's just healthy, mm-hmm. and I mean he's he's posting a lot of hype videos where he looks ripped and cut up, and uh, mm-hmm. he's going to be the starter. So you know we yeah. you know we say about snaps and and opportunity, and that's really all all you need. Mm-hmm. So how are you looking at him in comparison to Antoine Winfield Jr.? He's the one I want. He's going to be the strong safety, but uh, I mean I really like Winfield Jr. I like the I like his game. He's a playmaker. Um, 
he's he's the type of player that I like. I mean, so I I, I probably will be a big fan of him. It'll be hard to push Winfield or Whitehead over Winfield in your draft, is what you're saying. For sure, yeah. That's where that bias comes but in. But I think, hey, uh, Kyborg, I believe Whitehead is available, bruh, in our, in our listener Scoop league. him up. Go yeah, get him. That guy up. You do it, bro. This is We're the, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is your chance. We're giving you the inside track here. Uh, so, Bobby, give us your take on the uh, the defensive backs here in Tampa Bay. Who do you like better? They're great. I think that's a great take. No, I have White Whitehead, I think, in, uh, in Unreal with Addy. And um, that was before the draft, I think, even, that we did uh, we did that one. So, before the Winfield uh, edition, I was a Whitehead fan. So, yeah. He's only 23. I mean, that's still super yeah. young. Is he really? Yeah, he's young. Yeah. Wow. Youngry. I love it. All right, Kyborg, congratulations. You made it to the end of the episode. You didn't fall asleep. Not even one time. Bobby fell asleep. He said Twice. that the, the guy had seven and a half uh, sacks or uh, rookies, rookies. As a sack. Yeah. Yep. So I don't think he was the same sense. I think it just kind of scrambled his brain a little bit. But Bobby... God bless you, man. We love that hey. you're here providing us with your regionalisms. Like, uh, mm-hmm. what was it? Get out the wallet before you have to pay with the checkbook. Lots there you go. That's Lots right. Of A lot of uh, sayings were coined, and I think we're all blessed to have been a part of it. So, Kyborg, seriously, man, thank you for coming in. Uh, thanks for you know sharing your insight into your first IDP draft. Thanks for helping us break down the NFC South, man. This is a lot of fun having you back on the pod. Yeah, I, I wish it wasn't such a tough division. Like going through these teams, like each player, you're like, yeah, this is this is a fun division. Yeah. But um, I mean, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, agreed. Some of these divisions, when you get into the Rams, you're just like, yeah, let's move through these players. Just trash, right. trash. All right. Let's get to the Seahawks, you know. But I agree with you. You know, it's, yeah. you got to talk about Curtis Samuel. Can you tell that Bobby's a jaded Rams fan right now? <laughs> just a just a little bit of of jadedness. Um, so, Kyborg, for as our as we kind of take you out here, give the listeners a heads up. Where can they find you on social media? Where can they find your work? Tell us about the pod. What you have planned? Just plug your stuff here, man. Yeah, I should tell you like what I'm eating, what I'm gonna wear, what, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm what's going on. Uh, yeah, on Twitter, I'm at Kyle underscore Borg. And I get to edit all of our content on our website. We have lots of great stuff, including one of my favorite series we do this month is the Fantasy Court series. It's like one of our favorites on the podcast where Brooks gets to be the judge. And then uh, every week coming out on Fridays, we'll have the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast with me and Matthew Betts. So starting next week, that'll be every week for the hopefully when football starts too. All right, I think Addy, and we'll talk about it off mic, but I think a little friendly wager as far as who wins more money or bigger percentage of winnings between your pod and the Fantasy Footballers oh, DFS yeah. pod might be a little uh, throwdown here in order. I'm putting up a lot of money. I'm uh, opening up some lines of credit. I'm going to put it all out there, Kyle. <laughs> His house Just is charging on the card. Yeah. Hope for the best. Yeah. Your wife's listening to this like, wait, what? <laughs> She made it all the way to the end. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Kyle. Well, we seriously appreciate you coming back. I'm glad we didn't scare you off with all of Adam's yelling and all of Bobby's, uh, you know, country sayings here. Uh, you're one of our you're one of our favorite follows and one of our favorite listeners. And we appreciate you coming back. We're excited to have you in the listener league. 
and we'll we'll do like a halfway check-in to see how your first season playing IDP is going. Let's put that on the books. Hey? That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, do it. All right, love three it. Three hours. Three hours, three hour pod. All right, Kyle. <laughs> we'll get you out of here, man. Thanks a lot. Uh, we will uh, come back at you guys next week. In the meantime, stay safe, take care, and we'll see y'all soon. If you like Big 3 IDP, you'll love the IDP guys. You can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, basically anywhere you find your podcasts. Uh, and I mean, mostly I'm just really sorry about Mike's marriage. That's that's really what I'm here to say. Right, right. If you want hot takes on Mike's failing marriage and talk about poop occasionally, sometimes IDP and fantasy football in general, and you like to worship Babu Freak and follow Tony Johns to protect Baby Yoda, that's the place for you. IDPGuys.org. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's up, guys? It's Josh. And one of the things that you may not know about me is that in addition to hosting this podcast with Bobby and Adam, I'm also a writer. That is my full-time job. But with that said, I'm not as avid as a reader as you might think. That's because it's hard for me to find time to sit down, crack open a book, and read it. But what I do love are audiobooks. And one of my absolute favorites, and I know as football fans you will appreciate this, is Boys Will Be Boys, The Glory Days and Party Nights of the Dallas Cowboys Dynasty. I know my boy Johnny the Greek loves this book as well. And you have to check out the audiobook version. Author Mori, the narrator, does a fantastic job bringing this crazy, wild, you will not believe it, your jaw will drop story from Jeff Perlman to life in such vivid and rich detail that I really do prefer the audiobook version to the print version. And here's the good news. You can actually listen to it for free. We have partnered up with Audible. And if you go to audibletrial.com slash big3idp, you're going to get a free 30-day trial of Audible. Now, that includes one audiobook plus select Audible Originals. After the trial, you get that same setup with a rotating selection of Audible Originals, plus exclusive sleep tracks and guided wellness programs. Audible has the biggest selection of audiobooks on the planet. It's only $14.95 a month after the 30-day trial. You can cancel anytime, and they'll even send you an email reminder before your trial ends. So go to audibletrial.com slash big3idp. Check out Boys Will Be Boys by Jeff Perlman. You are not going to regret it. That's audibletrial.com slash big3idp. Check it out. Dream team, Adam, Bobby, Josh, you got the news feed. It's the big three, it's the dream team. Big three, IDP, let's go.